Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Day 15, no Speaker of the House. A second vote now for Congressman Jim Jordan. This time Jordan getting fewer votes than in the first one. A third vote now coming. Congressman Jim Jordan failing again losing even more support from Republicans to become the next speaker. A speaker has not been elected. Jordan taking meetings in every corner of the Capitol before the vote. Do you have more support or are you expecting more opposition? I, I, I know we've picked up a couple. We'll see. Uh, but I, I feel good about it. But he did worse with Republicans flipping against him. He could only afford to lose four. He lost 22. Can Jordan do anything at this point to get your support? Look, it's not a question of my support. It's a question of do you have the votes to get to 217? And he doesn't. Israel said today it will begin to allow food and water into the Gaza Strip. That comes after a direct request from President Joe Biden, who paid a rare wartime visit to the Jewish nation. Tina Krause is reporting tonight from Tel Aviv. President Biden left Israel after paying a wartime visit to the U.S. ally as it fights Hamas in the wake of the Palestinian terror group's brutal attacks. You can't look at what has happened here to your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, sons, daughters, children, even babies, and not scream out for justice. Justice must be done. The president's trip was complicated by a massive explosion Tuesday at a Gaza hospital. Hamas blames an Israeli airstrike, but Israel strongly denies it, releasing videos and other information it claims shows it wasn't behind the deadly blast. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. Today, I'm also announcing $100 million of new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. I think right now it's totally inappropriate. It's so inappropriate to be doing that right now. He's over in Israel, and he's giving money to the Palestinians. Breaking news on Capitol Hill, pro-Palestinian protesters making their way inside of a Cannon House office building. Capitol Police making arrest inside that congressional office building. From the river to the sea. From the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. Palestine will be free. Free, free, free Palestine. Animals. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has agreed to a new contract with the league that will keep him on the job through 2027 now. The 64-year-old Goodell has held pro football's top job since 2006 when he replaced Paul Tagliabue, who retired. This is Goodell's fourth contract extension since 2009. Commissioner Goodell started as a lowly intern way back in 1982 before climbing the National Football League's corporate ladder. He had a gift for bringing humanity to characters who were hard to love. Tonight, Hollywood is remembering veteran actor Burt Young. And I don't raise you to go with this scumbug. Hey, Young is best known for his role as Paulie, the working class, downtrodden brother-in-law of boxer Rocky Balboa in Sylvester Stallone's epic Rocky franchise. Young appeared alongside some of the brightest actors of his generation, including Jack Nicholson in Chinatown and, of course, Stallone. His hard-headed, sad-eyed turn as Pauly earned him both a place in the hearts of fellow Italian-Americans and an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Burt Young was 83.
Burt Young. Paulie. Good old Paulie. Gone at the age of 83. You know, there's so much serious stuff in that open. And we're going to go back to Israel again twice today with Dove Heikend, who you may remember called in crying a few days ago when he talked about visiting a lot of these homes where Israelis were murdered. And he now wants Congress to do something about the squad people, this low-life Talib. Rashida Talib is a low-life. I don't want to hear that she's a Palestinian-American and she cares about her people. 24 hours after it was debunked, debunked, that Israel shot that missile into the hospital, she was still blaming Israelis and threatening Joe Biden. She's a lowlife. Her and Omar and AOC, all of them. So he wants these people uh, kicked out, I guess. I don't know what he wants. But we'll talk to Dove Hyken coming up at 810. Then we'll go back to Jerusalem at 910 to talk to Alex Trayman from the JNS, his ninth consecutive day on Sid and Friends in the morning. Then you've got, of course, the speaker nonsense. You know, I had uh, Anthony D'Esposito on this show yesterday. I love that kid. I love him. Long Island, he's one of four New York Republicans. You heard from Mike Lawler in the open. But three Long Island guys, Lolita, Garbarino, and D'Esposito, all voted Jim Jordan down. And Esposito was on the air yesterday killing Matt Gates. Maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. But what is the difference at this point between Esposito and Matt Gates? Nothing. I mean, yes, Gates started this problem because of a personal issue with Kevin McCarthy. And Esposito claims he's looking out for the Long Island constituents. Peter King confirmed that, too. But the truth is they're doing the same thing. And Jim Jordan got less votes yesterday. So there is still no Speaker of the House. So there's serious stuff going on. But the beauty about this show, and the reason why we dwarf everybody in this genre in ratings, in this genre, yeah, Boomer, I'm not talking about you. Yes, Elvis, I'm not talking about you. In this political talk, we kill everybody at every station, including our own. Kill everybody. It's because... We did have Roger Goodell's contract extension in the open. And we are going to talk about Burt Young, Paulie, because he is a part of Americana. When you think about the great movie characters of all time, I mean of all time, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a more beloved character than Rocky Balboa. Now, look, did they jump the shark? Did Sly jump the shark by the time he got to Rocky Four, that ridiculous movie with Drago in Russia? Sure. Some think he even jumped the shark in three with Clubber Lang. Then he went on to make, what, nine or ten of those movies? I don't know. But Rocky Balboa is one of the most beloved characters in the history of the movies. And if you've seen Rocky, you know Burt Young. You know Talia Shire. You know Burgess Meredith. In fact, in that open, the news guy mentioned that Burt Young was nominated, and he was for Best Supporting Actor for the movie Rocky. Did you know that same year, Burgess Meredith, who played Mickey, was also nominated? Two characters 
from Rocky, both nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And they both lost. A guy by the name of Jason Robards won the Oscar that year for All the President's Men. There's your Iron Eagle moment of the morning. <laughs> You'll murder your rock. Both of them were nominated. Neither one. Now, Rocky, I believe, did go on to win three Academy Awards. But you would agree that I, uh, Stallone is... Uh, he's uh, beloved. Yeah. Huge, one of the biggest characters ever in movies. Ever. You and Burt Young uh, yeah. must have been extremely close. No, what, what do you say that? No, yeah, I mean really close. <laughs> I've never heard yeah. that you were very that you were this close. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't tell I, you about all of my friends. No, no well, yeah. you, you, you I, I recall on occasion you, yeah. um, you. Just saying, why is it when a famous person dies or some of the, like, immediately people get their pictures up on the Internet? Well, I have said that, yes. It's very annoying that uh, every everyday person who meets a celebrity at some point, maybe even only once, needs to make themselves a part of the story and goes on to post a picture with them and the Recent dead celebrity, yes. I mean, as, yeah. And passing their condolences on. Sure. And say, like, right. oh, I've always loved you. And then right away, yeah. hey, here's uh, here's me and, um, you know, mm. uh, blah, 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 mm. at uh, this uh, festival. What time were you getting at here? Well, I, I, I you know, I'm perusing uh, the pages. I perused yours. Mm. I went to your Instagram. Yeah. First page, first picture. Yeah. You and Bert Young. Uh-huh. Rest in peace, pal. And this has got to be from a while ago. And the two of you are at some dinner or something. And you, right, a big picture, you and him, right there. Oh, you son of a bitch. Right there. My, my friend is dead. My good friend is dead. So I decided to put up a picture. And you're getting on me about it this morning? And then you're going to get, what's going to happen is, oh, Sid, so sorry for the loss of your pals. I've so already Sid gotten for, a ton of those. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, Sid. Yeah. So sorry, Sid. Well, <laughs> Which well I've is, gotten a bunch of those on Facebook, yes. I know. Oh. Which <laughs> defies logic. Yeah. Because oh, he's my friend. What do you mean defies logic? Well, he's I'll, my friend. All right. How, what do you mean he was your friend? Now, I see Sylvester Stallone has a nice thing up there. They had to be friends. Very good friends. Right. Sure. I okay. would admit that Sly Stallone was closer to Burt Young than I was. Oh, wow. Well, that's But that doesn't mean that me and Burt didn't share a very special relationship. Very big of you. Yeah. That is a, yeah. a great observation. Well, thank you. But, yeah, no. right, he, this out of the blue. Yeah. There's a you and Bert. Oh, this is Young. unbelievable. No, it, it, this agree. is unbelievable. It, it, this is a good friend of mine, and you bastards. And you're not the only one because Noam is sitting there snickering all morning long, and Alec, all of you, all of you. Well, define what? good friend. What, what do you mean, define a good friend? A good, a good. You friend. want me to tell you how many times I was with Bert Young? Will well, that sure. define it for you? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that could do it. Once. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this picture. That was it. <laughs> I was at, uh, <laughs> shut up, Noam. That picture I, was up about 30, I, I counted. It was 36 seconds after the family announced his death. Oh, the yeah, picture no was kidding. up. Yeah. No kidding. No. I was at uh, Teddy cat- Atlas's uh, <laughs> annual foundation dinner, which I want you to know, I'm going back to this year. Sharon already called me a couple of days ago. And it may be the uh, the biggest celebrity charity event of the year. Every year around Thanksgiving on Staten Island. This was a couple of years ago. And uh, Bert was there. And, of course, he and I being very good friends, he couldn't wait to take a picture with me. And that's the picture you're all viewing this morning. No. Well, really, 
you could use another caption for a picture like this and saying, <laughs> yeah. hey, look at me. Look who knew Burt Young. Yeah. <laughs> this is me, Sid. Oh. I, I remember I when, uh, when they walked him over, it was, uh, I believe, Mike Sullivan, Mr. Brennan and Carr, who had a meeting with Curtis Sleeper last night. And I think it was... Another late great actor, this guy really was a dear friend, Tony Sirico, Paulie Walnuts. He was a dear friend. But I think they walked him over and they said, uh, Bert, this is Sid Rosenberg. And I'm pretty sure he called me Seth. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you should have signed it. From your pal Seth. Rest in peace, pal. Look at look at these two. Sorry for your loss, Sid. Oh, come on. That, I swear to really? God, the, you go to his page. Well, don't That's even go to Facebook. Facebook, they're like crying for me. It's like... <laughs> so, sorry for your loss, Sid. I mean, that, if that doesn't explain it all. Oh, he's my friend. No, come on. God. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Do you have a picture with Burt Young? I don't, Seth. Okay, so there you no, go. No, Seth. Do, 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 do 99% of the listeners right now in their cars have a picture with Burt Young? They so do I, I was clearly one step closer to being a friend of his than most of you. Well, I mean, so, oh, so that's deserved then for you to jump and where, where's that? How, far, how long did you have to look for this You know, picture? what would have been nice uh, from you guys, what would have been nice was, Sid, I'm sorry, these people on Facebook... Sid, I'm sorry you lost your friend. Instead, you guys are such heartless bastards that you're giving me a hard time about my friend, Burt Young. He's gone. <laughs> sorry for your loss. <laughs> oh, Sincere condolences. <laughs> Look, this is it's really revolting. It's really, it is, if this is Fine. so revealing... Okay. About. What are you going to do? What, are you going to have a picture of me and you up there when I'm gone? Well, or you're, to be honest, no. I did that um, as a case study. Because the truth is, to Lewis's point, this has been a, a hilarious segment. Hilarious. But the truth is, I have complained time and time again about folks. Some putts on the street met Regis Philbin once. Regis croaks, and here's him and Regis, you know. <laughs> and um, and you're right. People are like, oh, God. So I did this to see what the response would be, and to Lou and Noam's point, I am getting messages like, God forbid my father died again, you know. And uh, people are just being nice because people are better-hearted than you two bastards. <laughs> but the truth is, it's it's all so silly, and, and uh, well, it's just silly, you know. Oh, I... But we needed a good laugh. This Israel stuff is just killing me. I watched Jeopardy. Here's me and Alex Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, hey. You know, I have a picture with Suzanne Summers. I think. <laughs> no, yes. do you really? Yeah, because we met her a bunch of times. Oh, she was yeah. always here. I was so, so jealous a couple of days ago. I did not have a picture with me and Suzanne Summers. I'm going to put mine up and see if I can get sympathy. That way. Well, you know what I mean? I'm just just going to superimpose her standing next to me somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. This is not superimposed. No, that's a real little... picture. Okay. That was taken at the Staten Island University Hilton, I guess, where Teddy Atlas holds his annual dinner. It was a couple of years ago. So you should post your picture with Suzanne Summers, Noam. Yes. By the way, you met her. I think you forgot. I she, did meet yeah, her? Yeah, she was on. She brought her husband, Alan, and they were on Bernie and Sid, like when you were doing 10 to noon. She stopped in to do a segment. Is that? Me. No, no. Yeah. I met Denise Austin. I no, think. no, no. Suzanne Summers was in as well. No kidding. Yeah. Well, her and I are good friends. Then. Yeah, you are. The hell is my picture with her? <laughs> it's it's a rarity that you did not grab a, get somebody's phone and take a picture of you. I and probably her. tried to, but Jill was so damn annoying. God, I miss Jill a lot. I love her. Jill Vitali, flirty flipper. She probably took the picture first. I mean, you got to see on Facebook every now and then. Jill 
uh, like on certain days, will post a bunch of pictures, and it's her with like every celebrity ever in New York, everyone. Yeah. And I'm, I was a part of most of that stuff, but you wouldn't know it because I'm in like one or two of the pictures, and that's it. Right. Well, yeah. it just furthers the mystique, of course. Hey, look look at me. I'm with this person. Yes. I'm with this yes. person. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> Sid, you lost your friend Bert Young. Oh, <laughs> my God. I remember once <laughs> Sid chasing, what's the this star of Breaking Bad? Why am I blanking on Oh, uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah, so he had come in to do an interview with somebody, and you had heard that he was in the Oh, well, he was in with your friend, uh, what's her name, uh, Joan Hamburg. Yeah. Joan <laughs> Hamburg is close with him, him and Alec Baldwin and... Yeah. Uh, Alan Alda. You know, one time I got I got word at the old address when we worked at Madison Square Garden before John and Margo bought the place, and Cumulus was destroying us, um, and we had that stage 17. I've got pictures on my phone of me with Sting, me with Janet Jackson, Jason Aldean sang me happy birthday a couple of years ago. So true. And then I heard one day that Bruno Mars was coming and Taylor Swift. So then me and Jill, we um, we stayed by the elevator. For hours. And there was some uh, fat, stupid producer at WPLJ. I forgot her name. And uh, she used to get very angry when me and Jill would take pictures. They got, like, jealous. Oh, know, yeah. Todd they, and they Jade. And, strict. They were like, yeah, wait, they, wait, wait. Don't walk on I, this I side of that. the office <laughs> when the stars that. are here. Yeah. I'm like, blow me, you nuts. <laughs> don't walk on this side of the office. <laughs> I know Burt Young, damn it. By the way, PLJ is out of business for years, and I'm still here, bitch. Anyway, oh. uh... <laughs> So God forbid any of those musicians croak, man. You're gonna have the pictures up and oh, like, I'm you know, ready to go. I am ready to go. Oh, I am ready geez, to go. Sting. <laughs> yeah. God bless you, Sting. Stay healthy. <laughs> here's me. Here's me and Sting. It'd be right before he went on. You know what, uh, Bert Young, and we'll get to all the Israel stuff and all the uh, speaker stuff. Well, what he was great in, also besides Paulie, one of my favorite movies of all time, starts and Joe Piscopo will appreciate this. Starts with my favorite song ever, Frank Sinatra, The Summer Wind. And you hear the music and you see somebody take a suit and a tie and throw it on the bed. And then what you come to see is Mickey Rourke, Eric Roberts. This is one of the greatest movies ever. Pope of Greenwich Village. That's a very good movie. You got Mickey, you got Eric, you got Daryl Hannah. Right, she plays Mickey's love interest, and the bad guy, the mobster in the movie, which Eric Roberts owes money to, is a character named Bedbug Eddie, and that was played by the brilliant Burt Young. It was a great scene. Yeah, he puts lie in his coffee. You remember that? I I I (laughs) I just remember having his thumb taken. Yeah, they took my thumb, Charlie. (laughs) Oh, it was a raw New York City movie. Oh, it was so good. And then also, don't forget, Burt Young was also. Rodney Dangerfield's running partner in the great movie Back to School. Wow. And was dancing like a wild man with Rodney to Oingo Boingo. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Iron Eagle, you got a ways to go now for that. You are oh, way... no, yeah. I think oh. I've gone past Iron Eagle. Oh, God. Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Dance Oingo Boingo. Boingo. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of stuff. What can I tell you? So, anyway, God, uh, God rest my dear friend Burt Young's soul. And once again, dead bug Eddie. In the great movie, Pope of Greenwich Village, Frank Sinatra, The Summer Wind, on a Thursday.
The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me all summer long. We sang a song and then we strolled that golden sand. Two sweethearts and the summer wind. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. There's life in the ground. This is why Louis of Genius. I mentioned Pope Greenwich Village. It started with Frank Sinatra and the Summer Wind. He ended last segment with that. And then I mentioned that Rodney Dangerfield and Burt Young were dancing to Oingo Boingo and back to school. And here they are, folks, at 6.30 on your Thursday morning, Oingo Boingo. So I got to tell you, enough um, enough bad things can't happen to Rashida Tlaib. And look, folks, I'm a nice guy. You know that. I'm a great father, husband, son. Cry over my kids and family and friends all the time on this show. All the time. I have no issue doing that. I'm a very sensitive person. And I never, ever, ever want to see an innocent person get hurt, let alone killed. But I have no patience for the Palestinians right now. I don't. I'm sorry. Now, that doesn't mean I want Israel to start their ground incursion and start killing women and babies. I don't want that. I don't want that. But I'm not going to stop my operation short or not do it if they don't leave because of that. You know, my daughter called last night from Europe, Ava. She's a good kid. She was going on and on about how she feels horrible for both sides. And that's what you're supposed to say, right? Ideally, if you're a human being, you're supposed to say that, you know. But I think part of the reason why you folks love me in this show is my brutal honesty sometimes. And to be brutally honest, I don't care as much about one side as the other. Sorry. Israel didn't start this. 
Israel does not teach their little kids to hate the Palestinians and eventually kill them. The Palestinians do. So these innocent children, and they are innocent children, are being groomed at a very early age to hate the Israelis, hate the Jews, and kill them. And those cute little innocent kids become killers. That's not okay. Not their fault, but it is what it is. And I'm a little tired at this point of hearing about humanitarian aid and Gaza and the Palestinians because, don't kid yourself, folks, I don't know the percentage, neither does Noam, neither does Joe Biden. But I'm going to assume that a healthy percentage, a healthy percentage of Palestinians are okay with Hamas. No, you're wrong, Sid. They hate them. They kill their own people. I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm going to assume a healthy percentage is okay with Hamas hating the Israelis. So when President Biden, this dick, goes to Israel to support my people and for the most part does that, but then decides to give $100 million for, quote-unquote, humanitarian aid. How stupid are we? How many billions have we given Iran because, what, they're going to take that money and build schools? Every penny we give to Iran ends up, doing bad, not good. And I believe every penny we give to the Palestinians ends up the same way. You cannot go to Israel, talk about all these atrocities, which he did, he did, defend the Israelis, which he did, and then give the Palestinians a hundred million dollars. As Ron DeSantis said, wow, what a nice gift for Hamas. In fact, let's play that. Cut number 15, Republican presidential hopeful. Well, he's got no chance. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis talking about the nice gift Joe Biden just gave to Hamas. Joe Biden just announced $100 million of your taxpayer dollars going to the Gaza Strip. They say it's humanitarian assistance. We know Hamas is going to commandeer that money, and Hamas is going to use it to advance terrorism. I say no U.S. tax dollars to the Gaza Strip. We still have hostages being held by Hamas. There are American hostages being held by Hamas. How are you funding them when they're holding Americans as well as others hostage? I challenge every Republican running, step up to the plate, Join me in opposing Biden's $100 million gift to Hamas. I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you, Ronnie. You know why Israel didn't get attacked and Jews didn't die when Donald Trump was president for four years? Besides the fact he's a nut job and they're scared to death of him, which I love that about him. Guess what he didn't do? He did not give money to the Palestinians. Obama gave those folks a fortune, pallets of cash. This double agent, Joe Biden, 
who is now at this point funding every side of this war. Biden funds Israel, Biden funds Hamas, and Biden funds Iran. How does that make any sense? Trump never gave these people a penny, and nobody died. And while Donald Trump is still in New York dealing with that animal, the Attorney General Letitia James, he found time yesterday outside of court to say about Joe Biden basically what Ron DeSantis just said. Donald Trump, Lewis, cut number seven. I think right now it's totally inappropriate. It's so inappropriate to be doing that right now. He's over in Israel, and he's giving money to the Palestinians. He's right. How do you do that? If you missed the announcement, Biden said it with such pride. Look at me. I'm such a nice guy. You're an idiot. Joe Biden, the president, cut number one. Today, I'm also announcing... $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. Lou, you've been shaking your head this uh, whole segment. I don't even know what to say. You don't know what to say? I don't know what to say. It's unbelievable. He's about as stupid as you can build a human being. I don't. I I was going to ask where the money was coming from until I heard DeSantis say it. Of course. Yeah. Taxpayer money. That's right. We're paying for it. So here's uh, Errol Lewis. I'm watching him out of the corner of my eye. You know, Errol, he's the racist that's on New York One with the leprechaun Pat Kiernan. He's also on CNN. He's got this uh, podcast, You Decide, which I decide never to listen to. So he's telling us that later on tonight at 8 o'clock, can't miss television, Noam Layden. I guess you can confirm this. The president is going to speak from the oral office about uh, what he did in Israel and the Ukraine. Is that right? That is correct. You're going to watch it? I'll probably be sleeping already, but so no. But maybe. Maybe I'll stay up on Okay. I'd rather be a hostage right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, traffic is coming up next with Joe Nolan and the great Frank Morano. It is time now for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from the Rita Cosby Show. Here my friend Rita talks about... Israel. Uh, It's not Israel's fault that Islamic Jihad is firing on them inside of Gaza headed towards Israel. And in fact, Islamic Jihad, at the same time that all this happened, part of the reason that they were able to sort of zero in on Islamic Jihad is they put out a statement saying that there was a, a missile, there was a rocket headed towards Haifa, Israel. So we were planning on hitting your city. It malfunctioned, according to Israel and others. And It hit a hospital and it killed 500 people, potentially. It's horrible. But is that Israel's fault? I I, I, Forgive me. Where is that Israel's fault in the equation? This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. 
Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built of boilers, starting on the diamond here with the MLB playoffs, where the ALCS continued last night between the Astros and Rangers, with the series now in Arlington. Road wins apparently not hard to come by in this series, with Houston pulling out the 8-5 to victory in Game 3 to give them a life. Now down two games to one. That's the uh, first and- loss for the Texas Rangers in these playoffs. Yeah. First loss. Yeah. In series over Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and Houston, they were 7-0. and Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All road, all road wins here in this, uh, in this NLCS so, yes, so far. Game four is set for tonight at 8.03 p.m. as the action remains in Arlington. That's for the NLCS between the Phillies and Diamondbacks. The Phillies looked all but put away the D-backs with the two games to none series lead heading into game three tonight. First pitch set for 5.07 p.m. in Arizona. On the ice, no local action to get to from last night. But you have Rangers hockey to look forward to tonight. They'll be welcoming in the Nashville Predators for a 7 p.m. puck drop at the Garden in week seven. In the NFL, ready to kick off between the Jacksonville Jaguars and New Orleans Saints on Thursday night football kickoff scheduled for 8.15 p.m. in New Orleans. And the Saints go in as one-and-a-half-point favorites. And as uh, previously mentioned, the league has officially extended Commissioner Roger Goodell's contract through 2027. The NFL's Compensation Committee updated the owners at yesterday's league meeting. You know he makes like uh, $50 million a year. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like $50 million a year. Well... You know, he's the commissioner of the uh, most popular sports league in America. He is uh, feckless. He is, um, mm-hmm. I can't stand him. I can't right. stand him. But but his job is not to make Sid Rosenberg happy. No. His job is to make the NFL owners happy. And he does a great job of that. Well, if you think about it, there are quarterbacks in the league that make upwards of $40, $42 million Yeah, we got year, one so. here. Daniel Jones. Yeah. What a waste go. of money. Exactly. That yeah. So the By the way, that- the NFL teams, for the most part, for the most part, have stepped up in their support of Israel. Yeah. But um, Noam was telling me a story this morning, uh, Noam quickly, about how some players now are upset with what's happening, with, with America's, I guess, support of Israel, although we did give Hamas $100 million yesterday. But the NFL players, some of them are upset. Is that right? Yeah. Well, if you saw any of the broadcasts of the football games over the weekend, the uh, NFL announced going into breaks that they had given a million dollars to the United Jewish Appeal to help Israel Israelis affected by the Hamas terrorists. And so there were some players who said, wait a minute, that doesn't represent my viewpoint. Do we know the players' names? I can find them for yeah, you. Yeah, find them, because what we're starting to do, and I'm happy about this, you brought this up in a second, Justin, is we're starting to name names, right, whether it's a professor at Cornell, a professor at Columbia. There was a doctor at Brookdale, some lady Donna something or other. She's been fired. I like naming names. There was a a, a guy in Florida who was ripping down uh, actual photos of the Israeli hostages. He's been fired. And this is what I want to see. I want to see universities and uh, people who hire people stay away from these people, get rid of these people. These are lowlifes. They really are. So I want the names of those NFL players, just like I named Colin Kaepernick, just like I, I named, uh, what was his name, the running back for the Ravens who punched out his girlfriend in the elevator? Ray Rice. Rice. Ray Rice. I want the name of these losers, too, okay? The names. Thank you. Uh, Justin, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> now back to Justin. Just got to get Pete his, uh, his mention here. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan to Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTechless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers. And I am Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, you're my best friend. Oh, 
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. Can Jordan do anything at this point to get your support? Look, it's not a question of my support. It's a question of do you have the votes to get to 217? And he doesn't. on your Thursday morning. That was Mike Lawler, one of the four Republican congressmen here in New York, along with the three guys on the island, Esposito, Lolita, and Garbarino, who voted against Jim Jordan. He uh, could afford to have four vote against him. He had 22. (laughs) Not really close. So it's getting worse. The second vote, he received less votes than the first. And I believe, Noam Layden, you can confirm and or deny this, that we're going to try it for a third time with Jim Jordan today. Is that true? Uh, It's likely going to happen today, yeah. I think the Democrats and the Republicans are about ready to throw Patrick McHenry into that role, at least for the time being. If you're a Republican, and I know you're mad at Matt Gates and Nancy Mace, but I got to tell you, I'm mad at the island guys as well. I'm sorry. I just am. I love Anthony. Nice kid. Great kid. Was on the show yesterday. These guys are really messing with fire because if you're a Republican, you are looking at the real possibility of Hakeem Jeffries getting that position. And we just can't have that. We need to eliminate Democrats, not elevate them. So while these guys are epping around with their personal nonsense, they're putting this country in serious danger. Hakeem Jeffries is a sick guy. He's sick. So just a note for Anthony and the rest of the folks that may be listening. My first guest today does a tremendous job. 1 to 5 a.m. every weekday morning. I love his show. It's one of the few I listen to at this station. It's called The Other Side of Midnight. His name is Frank Morano. Frankie, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good, good morning, Sid. Great to be here. I'm doing great. I hope you are, too. I'm fine. I mean, Burt Young, my friend, died, so. Oh, yeah. awful. I mean, I appreciated yeah. hearing your personal reminiscences of him. Uh, I met him oh. once about 22 years ago. We had a conversation for about 45 seconds. Yeah. But what a 45 seconds. Incredible. Yeah, mine was kind of the same experience, but yeah. clearly he and I were closer than you. So uh, I'm not going to dispute that, but a, a uh, incredible performer, a great actor, and something he doesn't really get enough credit for, a great artist. People that know about fine art compared the portraits he would do to uh, Picasso and Matisse. He really was an incredible painter. Is that true? That is absolutely true. And uh, look, obviously everybody knows him from Rocky, but he actually was quite a boxer. He was 17 and 1 yeah. under the uh, stewardship of Customato. That's true. Customato, the same guy that trained Mike Tyson. You know what? Well, Tony Danza was a great boxer, too, talking about actors who can fight. 
Well, Tony is uh, a bit of a uh, flip-flop these days, but that's okay. But Bert Young was flip-flop. I love Tony Danza. Oh, you, you, you would love Tony Danza. You're one of those guys. <laughs> Me and my friends, we don't love Tony Danza. Tony is, first of all, he's a liberal. Which I, you know, I can't stand. That. I, don't well, I, I do care. I do care. What do you mean? Who cares? Who you got, cares? you got, you, you got, you got Democrats standing outside, uh, you know, the the, the the Capitol. That was a real insurrection yesterday. Every one of these pro-Palestinian people are Democrats. If you don't think that's the case, you're somewhere between naive and stupid. So you got pro-Palestinian Democrats running around our country, pro-Palestinian Democrats in uh, in political positions in our country. What do you mean? Who cares? Well, first of all, when uh, Tony Danza is out there protesting in support of Hamas, then I will absolutely withdraw yeah, he, my he may endorsement not do that, but I'm, here's, Tony Tony, here's Tony Danza, okay? So Tony is on my show. He comes in. I'm promoting his uh, one-man act. Very talented guy, mind you. Very talented. Couldn't be nicer. Sid this, Sid that. Then I show up a couple of years ago with uh, Stephen Van Zandt. I'm going to drop some names. And uh, Jimmy Orsini at the Radio City Music Hall to see Sebastian Maniscalco. Now, Tony and Sebastian are butt buddies. You know that. And I see Tony, and I walk over, and he could not have been a bigger dick. And I don't, really? I'm not okay with it. Yes. I didn't know that. Well, Because I'm you probably met that. him once. Like no, Arthur Idala, and he was nice to you, so you think you like him. Nothing to do with Arthur Idala, but um, I'm a fan of his work. I always thought he was a great guy, and uh, fan of the, his work. The, whenever, I mean, yeah, whenever who's the boss met, wasn't exactly gone with the wind. I mean, Jesus. Well, I'm not saying it was, but uh, first of all, Taxi is great. He's, he's um, not even in the top five in Taxi. You think of Tony Danza? It's an ensemble cast. It's, um, you know, it's Judd Hurst. Right, thank you for joining Judd us today, Roy. Frank. We'll uh, tune in tomorrow morning at 1 a.m. <laughs> Frank Morano, folks, other side of midnight. My God, what is what is the matter with you? I didn't know that I was coming on to debate Tony Danza's there's no legacy. De- there's no that's debate. A, Trust a, me, anybody who is anybody in this city knows that Tony Danza is a phony. I completely disagree with you. I am standing well, with Tony Danza. Him. You don't I, I, know him. I don't him. know him. I don't know him. So but, that's uh, a, well, I, I know him. Uh, He's a phony. Uh, I know him. Unlike uh, well, Bert Young, who I don't really know. I've got one picture. I do know Tony. He's a phony. But anyway, let's move off of Tony Danza. The, um, the point I made, though, about these pro-Palestinian Democrats, whether they're civilians or politicians, I got to tell you, Frank, I've known for a long time how anti-Semitic our country is, especially here in New York. But what I've seen the last two weeks for thousands of people, many more than my people, and I know Noam kinds of jokes around, they don't serve bagels, but thousands of them out there every day sympathizing with these animals. I can't believe what I'm saying. I can't believe it. You know, uh, given the tenor of what we've seen at some of these demonstrations, I actually can't believe that you can't believe it. I mean, it's not at all out of lo- out of character with what we've seen from folks like Rashida Tlaib before. And uh, I'm I'm a little surprised that you're so surprised. I, well, forget I don't about think Rashida Tlaib. Is... Yeah, I'm surprised when I see thousands of people. If it was just Rashida Tlaib and Omar and AOC, that would be one thing. Thousands in Times Square. Yes. Even I, knowing full well that people hate me and the Jews, I know it full well 
Even I was surprised to see that crowd of mass in Times Square last Friday. Yes. I, I think a lot of those folks that are protesting, and, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't be out there at a pro-Palestinian protest after, uh, after Hamas carried out this horrible terrorist attack. But I think a lot of those folks aren't necessarily out there blaming Israel for what Hamas did. I think a lot of them not are true. out there. Nope. Okay, well, nope, I, not I mean, true. I, no. I think even nope. that, uh, that initial protest, if you look at the real cringeworthy comments from the uh, speakers. There were really only two speakers yeah. that came out and blamed Israel for I, what Hamas was saying. I, I, I've seen, I saw all the news networks interview countless people in the crowd who were, A, saying Hamas didn't do it. A lot of the videos and pictures you're seeing of dead babies, Israeli propaganda. These are not the politicians. These are not the speakers. These are the students, the young kids who go to our local universities in the crowd. Don't tell me these people, for the most part, are are, are, are sympathetic towards the Israelis, but love their own well, people. Well, no, no, so no, I didn't say animals. that. I didn't they're say that at animals. all. I didn't say that at all. I said, well, one, um, I, I said that uh, I think a lot of them are out there protesting in support of the Palestinians, which, uh, you know, uh, people can certainly agree to disagree. But uh, it makes it really uh, makes me appreciate living in a country like America, where you have the right to protest in the First Amendment, as opposed to a country like France, where they have made these anti-Palestinians, these pro-Palestinian protests illegal or a country like the UK where you actually yeah. have government God ministers saying uh, flying a Palestinian yeah. flag should be a France. crime. It is a crime. I, it is a know, crime. I, it is I, a crime. I think the First Amendment counts for something. I don't. It's a crime. Those people are right. Now that you said that, I wish I lived there. I don't want to see one of these scumbags in the street. This Talib hangs a Palestinian flag outside our office. If France and Germany really did what you said they did, God bless those people. God bless them. I don't need and, to, I don't, I don't that, need, I don't need to have people fresh off murdering babies and raping women standing in the street looking for support. It's a bit I, early. You know, when people die, I, you go, no, don't joke just you. yet. I, I, well, I which one is it? Do you agree or not agree? You like to see well, these no, people I, get together on the streets. With- now, look, I agree with you that I wouldn't be out there, but I love living in a country where the oh, First Amendment up. guarantees you to, your right to do I am that. begging you to shut up, please. Let's go to the uh, love living in a country where animals are, are, are in the streets every day supporting people that kill babies. Fantastic. What a great country. Let me get to the uh, Speaker of the House, something you know a lot about. And I know you feel the same way that I do, that... You know, the uh, the guys from Long Island and Waller and all these folks that are quick to call out, you know, uh, Gates and uh, Nancy Mace, what makes them different, Frank? Tell me. Well, and George Santos. Remember, these guys are all leading the rush to expel George Santos, even though Santos has been convicted of nothing. And Santos actually uh, was willing to be enough of a team player to vote for Kevin McCarthy and then vote for Jim Jordan. This is ridiculous. I mean, I thought it was a little absurd when the so-called right-wingers threw the whole country into a tizzy when uh, we're on the verge of a government shutdown. I think it's just as ridiculous when the so-called moderates are doing it. I understand that uh, Lawler and D'Esposito and these guys are uh, living in or they represent districts that Biden won and they don't want to be on record voting for Jim Jordan. So vote present or or stay home. It's just it's so absurd that they are bringing the entire business of government to a halt because they don't want to vote for a guy that's supported by one hundred and ninety nine of their colleagues. If you can't vote for him in good conscience, fine. Vote present. 
vote president and let everybody else move on. Uh, the, I think what the most likely scenario is, is as you indicated, Patrick McHenry is probably going to be, uh, the, made the speaker at least temporarily either with the Republicans supporting him or with the Democrats and Republicans. In a lot of ways, Patrick Mac- McHenry is sort of the embodiment of a human continuing resolution. They're going to do the same thing with the speaker's position that they've done with the government as a whole. I think what the Republicans in the Congress have proven is that they're completely incapable of leadership. And uh, you hate to look at the, at the people that are in charge and say, this is who's on our side. But uh, I really think it's a, a bad look for the Republicans. And how can they go to any district and say, yeah, trust us. We know what we're doing. Clearly, they don't. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. Last 60 seconds, uh, Frank Morano. Tell me about your friend RFK Jr. He's back in the news. What's the latest? And, uh, you know, I do hope uh, in the future we can chat a little bit about this Melissa DeRosa book, because as best that I can tell, this is a total Cuomo whitewash, and she can blame every other Democrat in the state of New York and the country for the problems that ail New York, except for New York, except for Andrew Cuomo. Well, did but she take, bring- you know, I actually spoke to Melissa two days ago because she was supposed to get a show on this station. It never happened. She wanted to come on this show. And I was, uh, yeah, I know. I was willing to give her a shot, but, um, and she said to me, well, wait a second. I can't talk about the, the nursing home stuff because it's in the book. And the way she said it to me, it made it sound like she took some accountability or at least called out Andrew Cuomo. You're telling me none of that is true, right? None of that. Well, I, ha- I haven't read the book yet, but based on the excerpts in the Washington Post, the Daily Beast, and in Vanity Fair, it doesn't appear to be the case. It appears so far the thing that's gotten the most uh, the most attention is her calling out a reporter for the New York Times who she drank wine with in his backyard, and then he asked her what color her eyes were and then held on to her arm for a few seconds too long before she left. Now, in no way does that change or challenge any of the reporting that this particular New York Times reporter did of Andrew Cuomo. But so far, that's the big revelation. But, um, you know, as far as Andrew Cuomo's former brother-in-law, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. goes, I got to tell you, the New York Post, I think, did a ridiculous article yesterday on uh, so-called reparations. I saw the headline and I said, oh, my, don't tell me this is the guy that I've been saying nice things about. He's supporting reparations. And then you read the article. Nowhere is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. supporting reparations. I think what you're seeing on the part of the Post is a real concern that because Kennedy has some appeal to Trump supporters, that he could siphon off votes from Trump in close states and they're trying to portray it as if he's much more of a hard left person. And uh, this way he siphons off votes from Biden. But if you read the proposal, it's almost boring what he's proposing. It's not like he's proposing uh, what Cornell West or one of these guys is proposing, cutting a check to everybody. But it was a uh, clickbait on the part of The New York Post and really an attempt to create a policy that's not really what the policy is. Well, that was a great appearance. I don't apologize for telling you to shut up. I'll do it again if you ever no, mention no. one more thing on this show expressing stand, love for this country. Or, oh, no, I stand with Tony Danza and the First Amendment. Yeah, he's an asshole, too. God, you're both assholes. Anyway, I love you. To, <laughs> I love you, too, brother. I take that back. You're great. He's not, but Thank I do you. love you. And uh, you're great. Your show is great. And this was an amazing performance. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, my brother. If people want to uh, see more of my uh, pro-Tony Danza propaganda on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Frank Morano. Tony Danza tweets all day long today. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I love you, buddy. Thank you. 
<laughs> taxi for life. Love yeah. you too, man. I love Taxi too, but I love Judd Hirsch and I love the guy that played Kanicki, who's dead now. Jeff um, Conaway. And uh, something I loved, uh, Andy Kaufman and... Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> I don't know what Frank's thinking. <laughs> well, Danny DeVito, I don't know. Well, you just can't say that stuff on this show. You love this country because we allow these animals the right to get together in Times Square and talk about killing Jews. I mean, what are you, nuts? My God. My friend Lynn tells me that uh, John Cusack, Susan Sarandon, and Paul Ruffalo also expressed anti-Israeli sentiment. Not a shot. All right, that wraps up our number one. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't want to change this channel, though. Curtis Lee was coming up. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Tom Petty, refugee, which makes sense for Curtis. And is Frank Morano nuts? He loves living in a country where these people can get together and rally. Pro-Palestinian rallies where the overwhelming percentage of these animals are perfectly okay, if not enthusiastic, about the murders in Israel. And by the way, Frank, the KKK is allowed to get together. Black Lives Matter how did that go? They're allowed to get together. Don't give me this bull crap about the First Amendment and what a beautiful thing it is. Because the truth is, the truth is, most of the rallies in our country every day, dating back to the summer of 2020, are hateful people. Hateful. And if somebody abolished the right to rally today, it wouldn't bother me even a little. Now, it would because of Curtis, and I've been a part of those rallies, But again, if I'm going to go by sheer numbers, sheer numbers, most of the rallies in our country today are hateful rallies, evidenced by these pro-Palestinians who are garbage. So I get a text this morning from Mike Sullivan, one of my dearest friends. In fact, I know Mike about as long as I know Takapina, close to 47 years. His whole family, of course. Thomas Sullivan, his brother, and Brian, Brian the longest, I think, because I know Brian's wife, Karen, the longest. Anyway, so he owns Brennan and Carr. He's, everybody loves Mike. Him and his lovely wife, Donna, they provide the, they provide the food at the, um, you know, the uh, Bell Harbor Yacht Club. They're, they're great people, great, great parents, just great. 
So he sent me a picture this morning of a flyer that I guess has been going around the Rockaways. And on the flyer is a picture of me and my friend who gets big ratings, noon to one every weekday afternoon, overnight weekends, and does his great work besides me every weekday, my friend Curtis Sliwa. And the flyer reads, Rockaway Town Hall, regarding the migrant camp at Floyd Bennett Field. Join us 7 p.m. Tuesday, October the 24th, at Bell Harbor Yacht Club, hosted by Sid Rosenberg and Curtis Sliwa. And the only issue I've got with that flyer is nobody told me about this. Well, Not a word. Well, well <laughs> let me, let me, oh, well, well, oh, is that microphone working? Is Cody oh. using the wrong mic? Is that the problem? He may be using the uh, the wrong mic. Is it that one usually? Hold on. Use that one. Hold on. There you go. That's a better Thank mic. Thank you, Justin Alec, for sabotaging this. Yeah, okay, but this. We drafted you. You were sleeping. You yeah. drafted me? Yeah, because we had, you know, it's like the NFL draft. Sometimes people don't watch after the first five rounds. <laughs> yeah. So we're sitting there, all the rebels from Brooklyn and Queens, led by the Sullivan brothers, as you know, they're first in war, first in peace. They're Brennan and Carr. I always thought that was a German restaurant when I passed by because of the way no, it's styled. That, right. It even looks, it's brown, the right. wood, Brennan and Carr. Right. It looked like, a, you know, it like, could have been a bunt. Right. <laughs> you know, but, like, but let me tell you, nobody loves the Jews outside the oh, Jewish absolutely. people like the Sullivans. Absolutely. So nobody. we had to sit down, and we got to move quick. Did you have a cheese beef? Uh, no. Remember. Oh, you can't I, do I'm that. limited. I'm limited. Right. So, right. But everybody enjoyed the food, and we were going on and on. Everybody praising you, by the way. As they should. But... It got to the point. It was so late. What time was this? It's like uh, 10.30. We're leaving. That is late. Yeah, so we can't wake Sid up. He's got the morning show. So uh, we drafted you. Now, if you can't be there, you can't be there. But we know you're there in spirit with the Rockaway people. But but I'm always there with you because you're my guy. And um... And you're going to like this, though. This is a town hall in which I don't criticize anybody. I let everybody speak. Uh, in order to get the message out yeah, but, of what's but, being done. But here's the deal with the yeah, town hall. Yeah, yeah. I know at your rallies, for example, yes. which you've got amazing success, amazing success, you don't uh, really invite politicians, and if you do, they're not supposed to speak. As far as I know, town hall is they supposed speak. to include politicians. Yes, and they're going to give their presentation of where we're at. Who's they? Anyone, all of them are going to be invited. They're free to come and tell us. Well, who are you? Are you uh, I hope you're inviting Joanne. Of Arreola. course, of course, she represents the area. Uh, Stacy uh, Pfeiffer, whatever the hell her oh. name. They all have a chance to come. You know, Sid, most are not going to come. But those that come, they can make their present. This is where we're at. Because now we have to all come together, like we did in Staten Island. <clears throat> you know how brutal it was out there. Yes. And I put all my differences aside in order to come together. Look. I wish the best for Joanne Ariola and her attorney, uh, John uh, Ciampoli, uh, what they're doing in court. And they, uh, look, if they win, they win. Everybody wins. But we rebels have to do what we're going to do. You saw I slept all the way out to Floyd Benefield, went way in the back to show. We're going to blast out videos today of the two tents that are partially already up. Oh, they are up already. Oh, they're already up. And let me tell you something. When all is said and done, and I'll explain it momentarily, There'll be a total of about seven tents because you can fit that many on that runway. They put it way in the back, out of sight, out of mind. So they're halfway up, and I'm doing the video, and I could see easily that legal aid is going to go into court and say you cannot, 
you cannot host families in a tent. It's impossible. It's against the law. So Eric Adams and City Hall knows that already. So Legal Aid's going to go into court. They're going to get a injunction on that. And so he's going to look. Community, I tried. Brooklyn, Queens, I tried. But now I have no choice but to put uh, the original plan, 7,500 single, able-bodied young men of military age who haven't been vetted uh, with nothing to do and nowhere to go out there. Okay, but that's uh, your assumption. Right now, I believe the deal on the table is women and children. (laughs) I know you're laughing. Well, let me ask you a question. Hold on. You do have to apologize, I think, to Joanne because uh, she said that you said on the Rip and Read that she made that deal. Like, we'll take the women and children, ba ba ba. And she said, Sid, I didn't make any deals. They don't even talk to me. She actually called out the mayor, Eric Adams, for doing what he wants. And the governor, Sid, she said she had nothing to do with Sid, it. Sid, I'm keeping my powder dry on that. We now have to get down to stopping the tent. And uh, number 81 arrest is coming down the pipe. Is? Absolutely. Where's it going to be? Floyd Benefield? Of course. Well, what's going to happen? Well, that we discuss at the town hall meetings. We get people to participate and get involved. What we, do you have to do to get arrested exactly? Oh, almost almost nothing in New York <laughs> City anymore other than kill people, right? I mean, look, there's no, a guy, but, but, but there's a guy have... he pushed a woman into the track there on 5th <laughs> Avenue and 53rd Street. They know. know who it is. Sabir Jones, emotionally disturbed. Why am I shocked? And they still haven't arrested him. And you they know who the almost, guy is. Right. They know who the guy you is. You can do almost anything in New York City and not get arrested. Well, but you have um, threatened, if you will. Yeah, I love this about yeah, you. Yeah. I love it. We were in the Toys R Us parking lot, yes. Flappish Avenue in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn side, close right. to uh, Mill Basin. And uh, you threatened to uh, shut down the bridge that connects my neighborhood to Brooklyn. And yeah, yeah, the Gil Hodges Bridge. Right. Why not? Is that, is that still part of the plan? Remember, they closed it down on us during that rally. The cops the police did. did. They did. So is is part of the plan to disrupt, to disrupt in order to get your point across, which absolutely will lead to arrest number 81. Well, that's why you have to be at the town hall meeting. You have no <laughs> yeah. choice now. I'm Sid. coming. I'm coming. Your, I'm coming. Your co-host, now there's going to be another town hall meeting in Brooklyn on Monday. Where's that going to be? Well, they're trying to get the venue now. Uh, we were discussing the El Carib, possibly other well, locations. You, you know, know, for the, me, you for know me. When, I was, when I was a little kid, my mom and dad, my dad, Harvey, God rest his soul, my mom, Naomi, now out of the hospital, we were members of the El Carib. Yes. Did you know that? No, and no. And I've been I didn't. to many weddings. I, at the I El thought you were members of the pool, the pool club. <laughs> no, no, we were members. Okay. And uh, uh, many a wedding I've been to there, none of which you would be invited to. Because we're all Italian weddings. Well, not only that, but it was little Nick uh, Carrazzo who ran the joint behind the scenes, who paid off the two guys who shot me right oh. out there at the El Carib. That was an unfortunate day, no question. Yeah, Michael Leonardi, he's free, he's out there. Hey, why don't you <laughs> go for some target practice there at Rodman's <laughs> Neck? Maybe you could try it twice, huh? They also had the, uh, when I was growing up, they had the Dovel, too. Remember the Dovel? Oh, yeah. By the movie theaters on Knapp Street. Yeah. All right, so El Carib would be a nice place. So there's one in Brooklyn on Monday, but you and I will host the one in Queens yes, on Tuesday. That is correct. That's, I'll take Brooklyn by myself on Monday because I'm the Brooklyn guy really more so than you because you're now the Queens guy. I also spent 16 years in Boca Raton. Right, right. It, well, You've never left Brooklyn. Uh, by the way. Although you do live in the Upper West Side now with a bunch of commies. Oh, my God. Let's face it. They, they are Jews for Hamas. Hey, Frank Morano, you might as well convert. Get a brace. And you could become a Jew for Hamas. I mean, what was that? I, mean, I love Frank, but was that crazy? Sid, you are not listening to me. What did I tell you? Two weekends ago, you had uh, the DSA on the mat. It was a TKO. 
and you said you were hovering over, and they were pushing. The ref was pushing you away because he wanted to do the eight count. And they have revived, they have resuscitated, and they have stolen uh, the stage in terms of propaganda, demonstrations, and rallies. It's not even close. And let me ask you this. Where are your peeps? I don't know. And I'm starting to get pissed. I'm serious. Why? Yeah, I told for you. Every, for every Jew, there's four pro-Palestinian lowlifes. And half of them are Jews with yarmulkes on their heads. That. And let me ask you this. How was January 6th an insurrection? But what I saw yesterday at the Capitol, not. What was the difference between January 6th and these pro-Palestinians storming the Capitol yesterday? Uh, well, quite a few of them had the shawl on, you know, like they were, they were praying. They were doing uh, the uh, Talmud and Torah. So this they, was a religious they were breaking? And they had yarmulkes on their I head. I saw that. I know that. Who but told you that, Sid? You did say that, yes. And you see, you, you, you lost the opportunity. You had the unity rally that Justin Ellick went to last Tuesday, Dag Hammershaw Plaza, because he was trying to hook up with young Jewish girls. That was his only purpose in being there, as a lot of others. They were having a good time. I'm telling you, Sid, Republicans were not invited. Evangelicals were not invited. Tomorrow, if Jews would stop being afraid that evangelicals are going to convert them, they could put a million people out in the street in support of Israel. So a million. Is, so Danielle asked me last night. She, she's also voiced the same concerns. One Jew for every four Palestinians here in New York. She said, talk to Curtis. What do we need to do? I mean, she, she thinks we need to organize more, have more rallies, all that stuff. Is that what we should you, be doing? You need the mother of all rallies. you got to call the evangelicals out on a Sunday well, after who, who church service. Who are these service. people? Who are the evangelicals? Oh, they're everywhere. No, what are their names? Give me a name. Oh my who am I calling? God, they have the mega. Why not A.R. Bernard, right? Oh, he's got the Wait. He's got stop. the mega church. He's got 5,000 people. Fine. He did show up for support the Israel no, rally. He's a nice man. He's a very nice man. Well, but... that's why I'm saying... Your big mockers, your big Jewish leaders have to be okay with this, with bringing in Republicans, conservatives, oh, well, you, and evangelicals. Are you saying that my big Jewish leaders, even the folks of pro-Israel, don't let Goyim into the rally? Exactly. That's not true. It is. Look, Stop. I was there. I was there. I was ready to get on I know, that stage but and speak. There's a lot of other issues with you. It goes bothering okay. me on the fact okay. that you're going. But what, what was wrong with Nicole Maliotakis, a sitting congresswoman who happens not to be Jewish, who happens to be, I believe, Catholic? Why wasn't she up on that stage? Was she invited? She wasn't. I'm asking you. Sid. I don't All know. I saw like, were Democrats. I, I saw Alvin Bragg there. <laughs> Stop yelling Sid, at me. Alvin Bragg, <laughs> and he was all like, "I love Israel. I love Crazy Jews." That Sid, when you're an organizer, you got to outflank okay, the enemy. Okay, well, you're, you're the best organizer ever. Yes. There's going to be a statue of you one day. I swear I mean that. You're the best ever. Why can't you help my people? I'm asking you for I, I will start doing the outreach today before Shabbos. You know, then some of your people say, I can't take a call, you know, from Friday night to Saturday well, night. Well, wait a second. You want to invite all the Goyim anyway. They don't, they don't observe no, Shabbos. No, but you have to get a sign-in from your big markers, oh, your big Jewish leaders. Big, is it Joe Potasnik? Oh, who's the guy? God, of course Joe Potasnik. But who's the big guy? Who's well, the let, one Let's just want? start with Joe because he knows everybody, right? He does? He even knows imams who wouldn't show up for any of these rallies, as I say, the Potashnik, I say, where are the imams, Joe Potashnik? Uh, were they afraid that all of a sudden a fatwa would be dropped on their head? You're getting outflanked, you're getting outnumbered, and then I saw the one gathering, which was outside the United Nations, and they were young Jewish kids, they wanted the hostages back, I got it. 
But it was weakness. Oh. Oh, notice, notice the young Jews with yarmulkes on their heads yeah. interfered. Yeah! Free Palestine! Jews for Hamas! Jews for justice! Total different energy. They'd seize the movement. No, I know. Listen, when I was a kid, and I was going to um, Solomon Schechter High yeah. School, yeah. and uh, a black kid coming out of Madison High School would mess with a kid with a yarmulke on King's Highway. Beat down. The JDL would be there in 15 minutes and beat this kid half to death. And the kid would run back to Bernie, the Altachaka Sanders High School, Madison High School, where yes. he went on Quinton Road, where you used to live. Well, I'm Bedford Avenue. Oh, yes. excuse me. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, now, now, the JDL, the ADL, when you look them up in the dictionary, the word that pops up is pussy. They don't do nothing. Uh, they don't do nothing. Uh, they're they're going to be stirring the Chavez chicken on Friday night. Might as well be capons. It's funny you say that. Castrated roosters. You just mentioned the Chavez chicken. Do you know what my wife did this week? Your good friend, Danielle. You love Danielle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was so upset over what happened in Israel. You know, I went to a local temple in the Ponset to go to Yisker. Yeah, you know, we used father. to live in the Ponset. Who? Abraham Beam. Is that right? The Jewish little uh, the little pishia yeah. mayor there. Well, now your friend Joe Muriel lives there. But anyway, so um, I went there to um, observe Yisker for Yom Kippur. Yes. Nice temple. Reform temple. Very reform. And you didn't have to even pay have any woman, shekels to no do it. Money, no money. Even have a, a young lady up on the Beamer. My wife joined two days ago. And now me, Danielle, and Gabriel are going to shul on Friday night because once a month they have Shabbos dinner. This is what's happening to us. So there's We're the so empire, upset. the empire kosher chicken dinner. <laughs> the rubber chicken, right? Said, you're not going to be eating empire kosher chicken. I know you. You'll, you'll act like you had a bite and no, then you'll but, go to the bathroom uh, uh, and spit it out. No, I'm going to go right to Michael's after exactly, the exactly. <laughs> But, 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 but the Jews need to, to do a better job. Oh, you're right. They need to show strength. All I see is, see, uh, uh, woe is me. You got to show strength. And by the way, you got five days left. Remember, I told you, what the hell is the IDF doing? Biden is out of there. Get all the diplomats out of there. Clear Israel out. And IDF, do what you got to do. Get into the Gaza and flush out Hamas. Get them, Islamic Jihad, Fatah. Get them. What are you waiting for? And sit Every day later, it's less likely that the IDF is going to get in there and finish the job. Now, remember, for all of you BB supporters out there, he's never been involved in leading the country in a war. Disputes with Gaza? Yes. Disputes with Hezbollah in Lebanon? Yes. But he's never led the country in an all-out war. It's time, B.B., stop the tough talk, get all the diplomats the hell out of there before the world turns against you. You've got five days. Stop talking tough. It's time, Jews, to be tough and screw what everybody else thinks because if you don't protect yourselves, history indicates that Gentiles will turn you all into speed bumps. Every Jew... A 22. Entertaining and informative. This 
is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. You know, my buddy um, Jonathan Siegel said it best when he texted me about 20 minutes ago. He goes, same shizzle, nothing changes, and he's right. Bill O'Reilly would join me coming up in about an hour. We had a great dinner together this week. I love Bill. Bill's become a really close friend. It's just unbelievable to me. It's it's surreal. I, I, in fact, I even said it to him at dinner that night. I said, Bill, I mean, if you would have told me 10 years ago, I'd be having dinner with Bill O'Reilly. And he said, well, if you would have told me, I'd be having dinner with Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> but um, he's become a great friend, Bill O'Reilly, great friend. And he'll be on at 840. And, of course, you've got a big night coming up in just eight days. Next Friday night, New York State of Mind. But what he said uh, about Andrea Ocasio-Cortez, look, look, I don't want to see fire, okay? I don't want it. Again, at the risk of sounding insensitive, I don't want to see innocent people die. It's too late for that. All right? It's too late. Last I checked, Saturday will be two weeks when a bunch of animals who were Muslim, they were Palestinians, certainly they were uh, are the, um, the worst of them, but they are what they are, went into my neighborhood's Rape my women and children, kill babies, severed heads, no warnings, none of it. So excuse me for not being overly sensitive to the Palestinians' needs, even the innocent people. I don't want to hear it. Now, the easy thing for me to do is come on the radio like everybody else and be, well, you know, both sides and shut up. Both sides. I have no appetite right now for the Palestinian people. None. Don't want innocents to die, but have no appetite. Don't want to hear about it. And for this president to go to Israel yesterday, which was great. Thank you. Thank you for supporting my people, Mr. Biden. Dickhead. And he goes there and gives a $100 million gift to Hamas. No, 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 no. Sit. No, no. Sit, sit, sit. Stop. This is where you're becoming your Trump guy. It was for humanitarian aid. Humanitarian aid, my ass. There's no such thing. You give money to that region, it goes to Hamas. You give money to Iran, whether it's $6 billion, which they haven't used yet, or allowing them to make hundreds of millions in oil, it goes to do bad, not Frank Siller, not to do good. So let's stop with this peaceful demonstrations and pro-Palestinian and those poor people. Talk to me in a month. When they're, when Jaka is done putting body parts back together for Israelis that are still cut in half outside the Gaza Strip, then you can talk to me about having a semblance of sympathy for the Palestinians. Give them $100 million? Judge Napolitano coming up next. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Don't get angry with me. Number 11, I think of Phil Sims and Mark Messier. You know, I was saying yesterday, I don't know how a grown man can sit in his car, and I love the fan, I work there, I love Olivero, and I'm friends with all the guys who work there, all of them. Evan, I love, 
Sal I love and Brandon and Tiki, but I don't know how a grown man. And I did this for years. I did sports for years. But I got out of it because I couldn't do it anymore. The world was on fire under Barack Obama. How a grown man can sit in his car and listen to guys go back and forth about the Met and Yankee offseason or the Jets, Zach Wilson, or whether Daniel Jones is overpaid. I mean, my God. Seriously. How dumb do you have to be? And they got a lot of listeners. They got a lot more than me. There's no answer to it. They got a lot more than me. I mean, Brandon Tierney, who I, I love the kid. He's great. Very entertaining guy. He did a video yesterday. I think as if he was Robert Seller giving a pep talk to the team. He had 17,000 views in five minutes. Like I miss what I ask, who are these morons that are out there when you have all these issues in New York City, in this country, and around the world? Now, you know what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, that's my escape. i got to deal with that all day long. I go home, I watch the news. I need it. It's my escape. Come on, folks. You're a moron. Listen to me carefully. If you're a grown man in your Mercedes right now driving and you have the fan on, you're a moron. My next guest, <laughs> amazing career, Fox News, I miss this show, his own podcast with millions of listeners, one of the smartest judicial men to ever walk the face of the earth. He's my friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Nap, how are you, buddy? Oh, good morning, Sid. I'm sitting here laughing like hell because I know a lot of those guys on the fan as well, and I agree with you. I mean, come the on. The stuff that they talk about is such minutia. I mean, it's unbelievable. stupid. Unbelievable. They talk about it as if it's of such profound significance. It's meaningless. It really is. Uh, you know, and again, I get the I got to escape because all I hear about is, but it's a lie because the people who tell you that, they're not watching any news. They're not paying any attention at all, because they're going home if they listen to the fan and they're watching ESPN or some meaningless football. Or, and they're watching the Knicks play the Wizards in preseason basketball. And who do they think they're kidding? I, I did listen, that I job. Went, I went to get my newspapers this morning, a, a lovely place out here in northwest Jersey called Hyex, H-A-Y-E-K-S. They're big fans of yours. And outside the uh, entrance to the place is a bulletin board, and I see a sign on the bulletin board. Sid and Curtis, tonight, Memorial Park, New, New Jersey. Do you know about this? Excuse me? What is what? This is Now, just so you know, I just had Curtis on moments ago, and uh, it seems late last night when I was sleeping, I was drafted to co-host an event at the Bell Harbor Yacht Club on Tuesday, which I never was asked about and or agreed to. Now you're telling me there's a second one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm making it up. I'm busting your chops because I, you had me laughing. So hard at the oh. first one, I almost oh. went through a red light. You sold me. You sold me. That's a good judge. Uh, good job, judge. You sold me right there. So you heard my oh. um, my little rant before, and again, I take this more personal. I made it very, very clear that everybody's affected. Everybody's affected. But just like I yeah. made nine eleven more personal for New Yorkers because I lived here, and we lost. Just about every person who died that day, yes, people died in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Yes, people died at the Pentagon, yes. but a minute portion compared to who died in New York. So for me, it was more personal for New York, and I feel the same way as a Jew about this Israel attack. I don't want to hear about the Palestinians. I don't care if they're running out of water, running out of food. I don't want innocents to die, but at this point, it was Palestinians. They may be the worst of the worst. 
but it was those people who carried out these attacks. Why don't we ever say that? Well, we do we do say that, but but and, and I share your your grief and I share your uh, support for the uh, for the Israelis for the right of Israel to exist. All all those basic things that we both believe in and that just about everybody listening to us now believes in. But but Judeo Christian Old Testament and New does not support the concept of collective punishment. You got to punish the people that harmed you, not their wives and sisters and children. How do you I know mean, that their wives Listen, I know this, okay? And I don't want to see any kids die, trust me. I'm a pretty good soul. They teach these little kids, these poor little innocent little kids at a very early age in school, it's part of the curriculum yeah, in Gaza yeah. to hate and kill the Jews. So, these cute little defenseless innocent kids which Rashid Tlaib is crying about today, when they turn 10, they're going to want a gun to kill a Jew. Don't tell me they're all innocent because they're trained not to be. But we don't punish people until they do something wrong. We don't kill them in their youth because of what they might do. I understand. I understand. But we do go in and surgically extract and save hostages and then demolish the infrastructure that has harmed us. We kill their leadership, and as best we can, we kill their killers. I say as best we can because they don't wear uniforms. They don't march in parades. We we don't know uh, who they are. But the Israelis, more than any other people, have paid attention to no collective punishment. We're going to kill the bad people. We're not going to kill their relatives. So that's the point. No, I, I get, get it. it. Believe me, I get it. And, and uh, that's what separates us from them. That's why we're Correct. good people and they're animals. Correct. I just have no app. I don't want to hear about it right now. Like when Joe Biden. No, I know how you. I know how you. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. When Joe Biden goes to Israel to support my people who were attacked and devastated and slaughtered some of the worst crimes I've ever seen committed upon right. a people in, in complete surprise on a Shabbat holiday morning. When this president goes to Israel to offer his support and then basically gives Hamas $100 million, don't tell me humanitarian aid. There's no such thing. You give money to that region, that money goes to Hamas. How can you it's, do that? It's not money. It's food. It's food coming from Egypt to be distributed to the people that have no place to sleep tonight because Hamas started a war and didn't care what what the retaliation and the blowback uh, would be. So there's no money. There's no $100 million going to Hamas. It's just the food. Correct. According to the Egyptian officials that, that I heard early this morning, yes. Okay. They were negotiating. They were negotiating with the Israeli authorities about how and where the food and the water okay. are going to get in. It is not cash. Cash is fungible. Food and water is going to be consumed by people that are hungry. No, I'm okay with thirsty. that. Uh, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. The other thing I want to talk to you about is a peaceful protest. I know you don't like these protests. Get rid of them. I, I condemn what they say, but will defend to the death their right to say it. Oh, and I God. suspect... Yeah. I suspect in yeah. your heart of hearts, that yeah. big heart of yours, you yeah. agree. Because no, I you... don't. No, I don't. But I, I, I really believe at this point, listen, things change, okay? 
There was even, they even added a wild card to baseball, and all the traditionalists were yelling and screaming, and it made the league better. I don't believe anything is perfect, and I really believe there are parts of the First Amendment, the KKK, BLM, pro-Palestinians, they should not be able to rally. I, I, I understand in the spirit we have no choice, but don't tell me I'm okay with it in my big heart when you've got a bunch of animals out there, and every person I saw interviewed, everyone either defended the brutality of Hamas, or said the Israelis were lying. Everyone. Every one of them. I'm going to give you two arguments, one of which is if you suppress speech because it is hateful and hurtful, it will go underground, and we won't know where it comes from. I'd rather know who these hateful, hurtful people are. Secondly, if if you suppress the speech you hate, someone else, in the government in the future might decide that our speech, this perfectly normal conversation we're having now between two friends in the media about profound public policy issues, they may decide that's hateful and I'm going to silence Sid and the Politano. There will be no end to the silencing once you start it. That's probably true. I'm still pissed. I say that. I say that as as your friend who loves you and and and, and relishes in your success and relishes my time uh, with you, whether we agree or disagree. But on basics like the right to express yourself, that's what this country has stood for for two hundred and thirty years. You know, answer this for me, my my friend Hetchy just sent me this, and uh, Jesse Waters did a very good report on this the other night. You know, all the uh, Arab, uh, Arabic neighbors of uh, of the Palestinians. There is no such thing as Palestine. You understand there's no such thing as Palestine. They live in the Gaza Strip because the Israelis are kind enough to let them live there. There's no such thing as Palestine, you morons. Anyway, why is it that Egypt and Jordan and all these Arab neighbors, their Arab brothers and sisters, they want no part of these Palestinians, the same nice Palestinians you were just describing. They want no part of them. Why is that? You know, I don't I don't understand the culture well enough. Uh, to oh, I'll tell you end. why. I'll tell you why, because they don't know if these people, whether they carry a gun or not, share the same philosophy and are OK with the culture. And they don't need that garbage in their countries. That's why. But we have to be better than that. The Israelis oh, have to God. be better than that. The oh. Jewish people are oh. better than that. Oh. Did you know I'm right on this? No, I don't. I, I hate that statement. Oh, that we have to, we have have to, to be uphold. better. No, right now we, we got to be pissed uphold. and we have to annihilate Hamas and all this we got to be better. God, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear want, it. You want to annihilate Hamas. I want to annihilate Hamas but we have to be better human beings about those less fortunate than yeah, us. We're not going to not gonna, we're not gonna go okay. in there and rape people and cut off people's heads, but i got news for you. If people die because uh, they're casualties of war, as insensitive as that sounds, oh, well, oh, well. Sorry. Well, We've given yeah. these people, by the way, no one gave us warning when they showed up at 6 o'clock on a Shabbos holiday morning. There was no warning. We've now given these people eight days. To leave. Oh, we can't leave. Hamas is blockading because, our streets. Because we, because we are humane and we have a standard that we live by. The the Jewish people and the people in the West have the same standard. Palestinians don't. We do. We're yeah. not going right. to stoop to their level. We're going to kill their killers. 
Right. But not the senators. No, we're going to kill some innocent people, too. That's just the way it's going to go. Sorry. And listen, you know, Republicans bitch and complain that they lose and they can't get stuff done because Democrats do what they do. And what do I keep hearing from Republicans? Maybe it's time we do what they do, whether it's a ballot harvesting, some of the tricks that Democrats have used along the way. Republicans are no longer saying, Judge, we're better than them. They're going, wait a second, why not do what they do? Because maybe then we'll win elections. Maybe then we'll get to pass legislation. Are you noticing that? Why don't we do what they do? I am noticing that, and I condemn it. We cannot stoop to the pit in which our adversaries live, whether the adversaries are Palestinians or Democrats or socialists. So what better than that? So Republicans keep losing and Israelis keep getting murdered. But at the end of the day, you can sleep better because we are, quote, better than that. My God. No Still have to, we still have to kill the killers, and no. we still have to win elections by presenting ideas that are uh, more acceptable to more people. Look at the Democrats. They vote in unison. The Republicans have been trying to decide who the hell's the Speaker of the House for two weeks. Actually, it's a good thing when the House doesn't operate because then there are fewer laws that pass <laughs> and fewer taxes that are uh, enacted and fewer regulations that are imposed on us. That's a good point, actually. Hey, listen, this was a great conversation, Judge. This was great. You know, listen, I'm you fired know, up and I'm upset. But... Like you and, and Eric Adams, when we disagree, uh, we do so agreeably. Oh, no, I love you to pieces. And to be honest, you made all the rational sense in the world. And at this point, I sound like a really angry Jew, which I am. But it is what it is. I love that. Don't you love that? At the end of the day, well, I, it is I, what I, it I, is. Every, Everything about you, even your opinion of WFAN. <laughs> In fact, you're going to shut me off right now and go listen to Boomer talk about Zach Wilson. Uh, I love you, Judge. Great job. Thank you so much. Uh, until next week, my man. God love you and your family. You got it. You too. That's uh, it's a great spot, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Yeah, you know, I was uh, really sad for about 10 days. Now I'm angry. Now I'm pissed. I'm also sad. Don't get me wrong. I cried just yesterday on the show, and there's a chance that when Dove Heikend joins me next, live from Israel, I'll cry again. But I'm angry, and I am sick and tired of hearing, we're better than that, we don't do that. I know that. I know down deep we're better than that, we don't do that. But maybe, maybe just once, maybe just once, not be so much better than that. Let's give these people an effing beating like they deserve. Back after this. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital with children. So we have to speak the truth. We gotta continue. Stop allowing people to police our words to target what we say. And to my president, to our president, I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a threat. It isn't. 
they, they think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. Yeah. We need to uh, take that lady and put her right in the middle of the Gaza Strip. And whatever happens, happens. That's all. That's a great song, you too. That is the reprobate, Jew-hating, anti-Semite Rashida Tlaib. And, and it is amazing to me there are folks like her in our own government today. Our own government. So Dove Hyken was on the show a couple of days ago. Dove, of course... Spent the better part of four decades distinguishing himself as one of the great politicians in New York, assemblyman in Borough Park. But when he saw what happened to his fellow brothers and sisters in Israel, where he goes all the time, he flew back there. And he's been there for days. And he was on a couple of days ago and started to cry. And I received a ton of messages from listeners who thought that that Dove Hiking segment was one of the all-time greats. So yesterday I see that uh, Dove, of course... Heard about Talib's comments. Now, mind you, folks, she made those comments nearly 24 hours after, after Israeli intelligence and American intelligence said Israel didn't do it. That didn't stop her. So now Dove Hikind and former U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman have called on House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah, good luck with him. To launch an ethics inquiry into members of the squad for inaccurately blaming Israel for striking that hospital in Gaza. And while I love what Dove is doing, and he's right, he should be doing it, Hakeem Jeffries, <laughs> good luck. Dove, first of all, more importantly, good morning. Where are you in Israel, and are you okay? I'm okay, and Sid, thank you. I mean, I, I can't believe a couple of days ago, I you, you know, we were doing the interview literally a short while after I had been in house after house. And uh, and it was shared with me the horrors, the brutality, the violence committed against innocent men, women and children. So it was shortly thereafter. And, you know, as much as I try to control myself, <laughs> you know, I got on. I, I just couldn't. I, I just couldn't. But, uh, uh, you know, and I live it now. Uh, I live the smell of the dead bodies uh, from those homes that I was in, and avoiding stepping on the dried blood in those homes mm-hmm. and, and the horrors that went on. But uh, look, uh, I know how Kim Jeffries is not going to do anything, but it really should. It's about it really is about these people being responsible for helping the spread of anti-Semitism, hate, violence against Jews that is happening as you and I are speaking right now. I mean, it is amazing. Forget about Israeli intelligence. I mean, of course, she's not going to accept uh, Israeli intelligence. But the president of the United States, mind you, a Democrat, not Donald Trump, Republican, a Democrat. Well, she called him out. Wait, she called him out. She actually threatened the president because she was disgusted that he was in Israel supporting our people. So I'm not shocked that she's going against what the Americans called right. She actually called out the president, threatened him just yesterday. Yeah, and it's a sad commentary on many people like her within the Democratic Party. It's not just Haleb Omar, AOC. you got a whole group, as many as 10, 12, 13 people, and you really don't hear much from the leadership itself. Let, let's just remember one thing. 
politics is really what it's all about, why they won't do anything. That's really the reason. Not because they disagree with us, because ultimately, you know, they want to take over the House. The Democrats do. God forbid. God forbid. And people like Tlaib and all, can you imagine the power yeah. of the yeah. Hamas caucus in the House of Representatives if they take over? Oh, please. And listen, the Republicans, the, Repu- the Republicans, Dove, I know you're in Israel right now, but they're making that a real possibility. These idiots, whether it's I, I, Gates I, I, and Mace hey, listen, or my I, friends from Long Island, they're going to hand this thing over to Hakeem Jeffries soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching. I mean, talk about self-destruct. That's exactly what's going on. It's very, very painful. They're going to they're hand this over to the Democrats. It may even be before the next election. But, you know, look, that's what divisiveness does, and, and that's what's happening with the Republican Party. And it is a shame, and it is unfortunate, and very, very dangerous for our yeah. country. This is, see, this is scary. It really is. If you don't know, Dove Hyken was a Democrat. His whole life. It's a long time, folks. Almost seven decades. And uh, very, very recently, Dove switched to a Republican. Let me ask you, so did you reach out? I know you and, and Friedman talked about it yesterday. It's it's in Breitbart. It's everywhere. Have you actually gone as far as reaching out to Hakeem, and have you gotten any response? I I have reached out. I know Hakeem from the Assembly. He is personally a pretty decent guy, i got to tell you. He's, a, he's not a bad guy. Now, we understand the politics of it. I get that. But we are going to make more efforts. I, you know, uh, when I come back to the United States, we need to address this. You cannot let these radicals who are supporting Hamas. I mean, I, I can't, you know, again, everyone in America has watched and listened to the horrors that went on in Israel in the South. Sid, as I said a couple of days ago, it is worse than anything you've heard on television or read in the newspapers. Much worse. The brutality, what was done to individuals while they were still alive, men, women, and children. And Talib and Omar and others, they side with evil personified. This is evil personified. They're not animals. They're pure unadulterated evil that's what they are and they are part of the democratic party and the democratic party has an obligation this is not about politics to me this is about the future of our country where do we stand when it comes to innocent men women and children being massacred What's going on there today? I, uh, I'm going to speak to Alex Trayman coming up in about 40 minutes. He calls me. This will be the ninth consecutive day live from Jerusalem every morning. And much like during your phone call a couple of days ago, there are days I can hear rockets and sirens going off in the background. He's closer to Jerusalem. I don't know exactly where you are right now. You can tell me. But uh, what's going on in and around where you are right so, now? Well, well, let, me, let me tell you, the people of Israel are more united than they've ever been in the last 70-plus years. There's no question about that. Do you know that uh, people being called up to the Army, it, not 100% of the people showed up. I'm talking about the reservists. 120% people showed up to the front lines to fight, to stand up for Israel, to put their life on the line, because that's what it's all about, 120 percent. People who didn't have to show up showed up because 
This country is united. There is, by the way, one of the most interesting things, uh, Sid, that the people in these communities in the South that I visited, guess what? They were supporters of the Palestinians. They were for a two-state solution. The concert that went on where hundreds were murdered, hundreds were murdered, were Jews who supported the Palestinians in Gaza. That's all over. That's done with in Israel. Left, right, center, it doesn't matter. In Israel, everyone is united. You know, it's funny you say that because I've been taking a beating a bit here this morning because I've said time and time again, and I'm going to stand by it, I have no appetite to hear about the Palestinians running out of water, running out of food, the innocent Palestinians. Look, I don't want innocent people to die no matter who they are, including Palestinians. But although these were clearly, clearly crazy Palestinian people, crazy Muslim people who did this, murderers, I just don't think right now that uh, anybody should be uh, talking about Palestinian people when Israelis are still putting body parts back together. I just don't have any appetite to hear it. So when you tell me that these Israelis who were pro-Palestinian before may not be anymore, I get it. I feel the same way. Enough with they're stuck at the border, they're running out of food, we got to get them humanitarian aid. I'm sorry, folks, who gives an F? The Israelis are putting bodies back together. Exactly. And they're having difficulty doing that because of the condition of the bodies. Less than half of the people murdered almost 10 days ago have been able to be identified because of the atrocities committed on those bodies. And and I want to tell you, the people who committed these atrocities, they are people. They're not stupid people. They are not people who are uneducated. Look at the people in America who support them, Sid. People in New York marching, demonstrating all over our great country, saying they are with Hamas. This was a great victory. So this is not about some crazy, they don't represent the Palestinians. Well, let me tell you, when that happened, that Saturday, about a week and a half ago, they were distributing sweets in Gaza. They were distributing candies. They were thrilled. They were excited. They were they were, it was wonderful. They were dancing in the streets, and they do teach their little children, exactly. God bless these little exactly. kids, at a very early age to kill and hate Israelis. That's a fact. The kids that go to school, their textbooks, this is nothing new. Everyone knows this, that if your kids are in school, third grade, second grade, fourth, fifth, sixth, you grow up hating Jews. So is it really surprising that later on you're willing to, to murder Jews? Is it really that surprising no. when your education? No. And by the way, that applies also to the West, so-called West Bank, Judea and Samaria. The kids in those schools are learning to hate Jews, all Jews. I know all about it, and that's why I don't sound all that sympathetic to the Palestinians, and that's not that's by design, not by accident. Listen, uh, when are you coming home? I don't know yet. Uh, maybe next week. Uh, okay. You know. The war, you know, the uh, land uh, uh, incursion attacks are going to happen very soon, incursion. And uh, all I could tell you, Sid, I thank God that I'm here because the experience, the things I've seen with my eyes, I can share with you and the rest of the world. And I, I'm just grateful that I made a decision last week, Tuesday, I'm getting on a plane yeah. and I'm coming home to my people. 
You're a hero and a great man, and I love you so much. There's not even a word to describe how much I respect and love you. Just want Thank you to be safe you, and be Sid. okay, and you, keep texting me on WhatsApp, okay? Thank you, Sid. Don't love be you. safe. I love you, too. Stove Hyken, great assemblyman and an even better human being, and a strong, strong voice for my Jewish people. God bless Dove Hyken. All right. We'll come back. We'll do some traffic. And then the great Bill O'Reilly. Yes. The big segment all week on WABC. There is no segment that gets bigger ratings and more people listen to than O'Reilly and Rosenberg. And that is coming up. Here's some more YouTube. Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Day 15, no Speaker of the House. A second vote now for Congressman Jim Jordan. This time Jordan getting fewer votes than in the first one. A third vote now coming. Congressman Jim Jordan failing again. Losing even more support from Republicans to become the next Speaker. A Speaker has not been elected. Jordan taking meetings in every corner of the Capitol before the vote. Do you have more support or expecting more opposition? I, I, I know we've picked up a couple. We'll see. Uh, but I, I feel good about it. But he did worse with Republicans flipping against him. He could only afford to lose four. He lost 22. Can Jordan do anything at this point to get your support? Look, the, the, it's not a question of my support. It's a question of do you have the votes to get to 217? And he doesn't. Israel said today it will begin to allow food and water into the Gaza Strip. That comes after a direct request from President Joe Biden, who paid a rare wartime visit to the Jewish nation. Tina Krause is reporting tonight from Tel Aviv. President Biden left Israel after paying a wartime visit to the U.S. ally as it fights Hamas in the wake of the Palestinian terror group's brutal attacks. You can't look at what has happened here to your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, sons, daughters, children, even babies, and not scream out for justice. Justice must be done. The president's trip was complicated by a massive explosion Tuesday at a Gaza hospital. Hamas blames an Israeli airstrike, but Israel strongly denies it, releasing videos and other information it claims shows it wasn't behind the deadly blast. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. Today, I'm also announcing $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. I think right now it's totally inappropriate. It's so inappropriate to be doing that right now. He's over in Israel, and he's giving money to the Palestinians. Breaking news on Capitol Hill, pro-Palestinian protesters making their way inside of the Cannon House office building. Capitol Police making arrest inside that congressional office building. From the river to the sea. From the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. Palestine will be free. Free, free, free Palestine. Yuck. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. 
NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has agreed to a new contract with the league that will keep him on the job through 2027 now. The 64-year-old Goodell has held pro football's top job since 2006 when he replaced Paul Tagliabue, who retired. This is Goodell's fourth contract extension since 2009. Commissioner Goodell started as a lowly intern way back in 1982 before climbing the National Football League's corporate ladder. He had a gift for bringing humanity to characters who were hard to love. Tonight, Hollywood is remembering veteran actor Burt Young. And I don't raise you to go with this scumbag. Yeah, come on! Young is best known for his role as Pauly, the working class, downtrodden brother-in-law of boxer Rocky Balboa in Sylvester Stallone's epic Rocky franchise. Young appeared alongside some of the brightest actors of his generation, including Jack Nicholson in Chinatown and, of course, Stallone. His hard-headed, sad-eyed turn as Pauly earned him both a place in the hearts of fellow Italian-Americans and an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Burt Young is 83. I want to hear the Israelis blaring this song right now as we start our land incursion into Gaza and wipe out these animals. A little rocky for you. This goes out to Burt Young. Paulie, gone at 83. You know, you mentioned uh, Burt Young as Balboa's brother-in-law, and, of course... Stallone really had two amazing franchises, Rocky his best, even though I still maintain he started to lose it, Rocky 3 a little. I like Clubber Lang, but, but by Rocky 4, that ridiculous movie with Drago, that was real rough to watch. Um, but it was still an amazing, amazing um, franchise. And then he had uh, Rambo, of course. And I used to always complain about those types of movies, you know. Chuck Norris had movies like that, too, where... You know, one guy, superhero, I get it, would go into Vietnam and be able to get out all these prisoners of war. You know, Now we've got real-life situations, hostages in Israel, Americans uh, and Israelis. Some say 199, some say 250. Anyway, you look at it, it's a lot. And there is no Rambo. And there is no Chuck Norris or Jeff Speakman or any one of these ridiculous movie characters. They're real-life people in a very, very dire real-life situation. But um, on a less serious note, talking about Burt Young, I did have the opportunity, because of Burt Young passing away, to mention one of the great bands of all time earlier today, which made Lou Rufino happy, and that's Oingo Boingo. Because who could forget Burt Young's brilliant performance as Rodney Dangerfield's driver in Back to School when they went to one of these uh, fraternity parties, and Oingo Boingo was performing live. So when that band has... Uh tragically passed away or something. You're going to throw your pictures up about Hank putting your arm around uh, Danny Elfman, by the way. Is that his name? 
He's the guy who has now yeah. gone on to doing soundtracks and scores and stuff. He's way past the yeah. man. So what Lou Rufino is referring to is I'm the first guy to complain. When somebody famous dies, all you idiots out there, you've got a picture with some famous celebrity and you put it up right away. Like, as if you knew that person. Even if you did, nobody cares. He was such a good person, and I remember the day we had dinner. And right. I, or I met him at this festival. It's pathetic. You people are pathetic. You just want somebody to write nice, something nice. So I always complain about you people. But then in a very, very unfortunate move, <laughs> well, I did the same thing this morning. I put up a picture of me and Bert. First, first picture you see. And then uh, people... Did exactly what you think they would do, which is, oh, my God, Sid, I'm so sorry for your loss. Now, let me just uh, be completely honest with you folks. That picture is a great picture. It was taken at the annual Teddy Atlas Foundation dinner every year in November, right before Thanksgiving. This, this year's is coming up. That was the only time I've ever met Bert Young. Shut up. Look at these that doesn't mean we never great friendship. Uh-huh. Look at Sometimes. these comments. Look at these comments. Sincere condolences. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry for your loss, I mean, Sid. That's what you say when you lose family members. Just, uh, just he was a good big, friend. He was a very, very good friend. Oh. You see, you guys. A- see what you guys don't get is what you guys. It's about. It's about quantity. Oh, another teachable moment, Louis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about quantity. It's about quality. We You're only met once, but it was clearly a beautiful time together. You're going yeah. fast. Evidence by all these folks. So um, I appreciate all the lovely messages, and <laughs> my friend Bert, I'm sure, is uh, happy to see those two wherever he oh, is. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the, he is. Uh, young Boxing family, in the sky right now, him and Ali. The young family put out a statement about his death, and it was 33 and a half seconds later that your picture was up <laughs> with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, what they say, timing is everything, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture uh, how Sid did it, too. He's like, Oh, my God, and I have that picture. Hang on. Let's, let's, before I come in. So I have to tell you that it took me longer to find the picture than the actual amount of time I spent well, with Bert Young. Right. Well. <laughs> I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers spent more time on the field than you guys. <laughs> All right, enough that of that. Picture. God, My friend is dead, and just be nice, okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll send you my condolences <laughs> for your you. loss of your power. He was also great as Bedbug Eddie in the classic Pope of Greenwich Village. He was great in that. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights here on WABC or his own terrific website, BillOReilly.com, where the interviews, the columns, and TV show is great. Nobody does or has ever done it better than Bill O'Reilly. Just a couple nights removed from me of having dinner with Bill 
He's one of the smartest and most interesting people you'll ever meet, and a good soul on top of that. His Killing series is Killing It, Killing the Witches. His latest success, over a dozen of those great books. And we are now just eight nights away from a New York state of mind. O'Reilly and Rosenberg on stage together at the Paramount Theater, Huntington, Long Island, coming up next Friday night. So here he is, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. You know, that wasn't me at the dinner. That was AI. That was my AI. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad the AI performed well. You know, you laugh about that, but the actors are scared to death. That's one of the reasons why, you know, the writers are back at work and Jimmy Fallon's back on the air and blah, blah, blah. But the actors are still striking because they are really worried that Bill O'Reilly, the AI, will end up at dinner on a movie set and not the real guy. You know, they uh, they should be worried. This AI stuff, I, I'm not going to get into it now because we got immediate stuff in the news to talk about. But <laughs> this bear is uh, watching here. Um, there's an article in Foreign Affairs uh, by Henry Kissinger and uh, my old dean at Harvard, Graham Allison, um, about how this uh, whole advancement um, is going to change the world in every way, the artificial intelligence. And we're going to get out in front of this, uh, but I have to have it, – it's probably about six months away from being something you can see. And then as soon as that happens, I'm going to be all over it. All right, good. Well, let's get to the uh, the important news of the day like you talked about. I'm sure you were listening with me and Judge Knapp and since, and I just have no appetite. I don't want innocent people to die. I get all that. You have to preface all that. You know, like George Floyd, I don't want him to die. But I have, not, I have no appetite right now for the safety of Palestinians. I just don't. Um, because, because I have no idea how many of those folks share the same ideology. I know a lot of folks were celebrating a lot in Gaza after those initial attacks two weeks ago. So I don't want to kill everybody, but my appetite for sympathy for them is not very high. Does that make me a bad guy? No, but you don't win the war that way. You don't win the long-term conflict that way. So what should happen is this, and this is what drives me crazy about not only the United States, but NATO and the other leadership that's on the side of good. I mean, you know, Putin and, and China and Iran, and, and these are the evildoers, okay? That's who they are. They're not going to change. But right away, the United Nations should have stepped in and said, we're going to establish um, camps in Egypt, northern Egypt, okay, for women and children only. And Israel will give us a safe corridor for maybe two or three days to evacuate any families, women and children, no men, all right, who want to go into these U.N.-administered um, camps, <clears throat> okay? And then we're appealing the United Nations for donations from all over the world, and certainly Biden, um, who gives away money every single hour, would do that, and the NATO and Asians would too. That's number one. So then you take that issue away. It comes out, and, and Israel would support it. They support it. So after the three- or four-day period where they come into Egypt, again, just women and children, no men, um, then Israel has to do what is necessary, which is destroy the infrastructure of Hamas. Now, I would also apply to that if, if you are a Palestinian man living in Gaza, an Arab living in Gaza, you can surrender you can surrender, so we won't kill you. But if you don't surrender 
and you, we're going to come in, and if you're there and you're in our way. You're going to die. I wouldn't say that. I would. I would say you'll be <laughs> at risk. You're going to die. Yeah, but look, Sid, you can be adamant about it, and I go back to Abraham Lincoln. I mean, and, and this is what I do. I combine history with uh, contemporary journalism. Abraham Lincoln gave orders to his generals, Grant and Sherman, to destroy everything in the South. You have, the, you have an order, if you want to, to break it. But he didn't make it public. He didn't come out and, and you know, he was doing the Emancipation Proclamation. He was doing a lot of these things. But Sherman went down and just destroyed Georgia to march to the sea. That broke the will of the South to fight. Grant basically overran Confederate positions, didn't take many prisoners, Said did not take many prisoners. Yeah. And the war was over, and the North won. That's how you conduct it. You don't put in your face, because there are so many people in the world that use this kind of a situation to up the hatred, to up the violence. You want to win. That's all fair. Not fair. And I think some of the reason why I'm so angry today, besides the obvious, I'm a Jewish boy, and my people were absolutely slaughtered, but on a on a real unbelievable note, right here in my own city, or here in my own country, Talib yesterday in Washington, D.C., the thousands, thousands that amassed in Times Square. I knew anti-Semitism was alive and well, and I knew to be part of the population that loved what happened two weeks ago. But the numbers, Bill O'Reilly, the numbers I'm seeing from everyday citizens to duly elected politicians is making me even more angry. Okay, and that's fair. That's fair. Um, But then you have to step back from the emotion and say, I'd say 80% of New Yorkers are on the side of Israel. How do you know that? Because when I see these pro-Israel rallies, for every one of them, there's four pro-Palestinians at their rallies. Yeah, but that's because they're organized, and the pro uh, Israel, Israel force is not. So the, these people belong to far-left progressive units where they get emails and texts all the time. Meet me here. We're going to do this. They're what they call activists. Most decent people are not activists. They're on the Long Island Railroad trying to make a living. <laughs> okay? Yes. That's why you see the constant. They can get these people out there because all these people do is hate. That's their whole life. It's like uh, somebody listening to WFAN. That's all they do is do sports. (laughs) All these people do is hate, such as Israel. They hate conservatives. They hate Trump. But that's their whole life. Okay? So I wouldn't worry about – I know it's annoying and it's – you know, you go and you shake your head. But out of a metropolitan area of 16 million people, all right, Two and a half times the population of Israel, by the way. You're going to have cranks. You're going to have these people. I don't pay them much mind, but I will say that these uh, Talib and uh, Bush and these people in Congress should be brought up on ethics charges. Well, I just said Dove Heikendon literally 30 minutes ago live from Israel, and he has already reached out to Hakeem Jeffries, 
Well, Republicans yeah. on campus will be the next Speaker of the House and, and said, yes, uh, Talib Omar AOC. You bet. Yeah, I mean, and well, they're AOC doing about, playing a game now. I know she is, but they're doing this right in front of you. They don't that, care. They should be the subject of an ethics investigation in the House because what they're doing is promoting violence. So that that's the ethical breach. You bring them in and go, okay, Congressperson, you're promoting violence, and here's what you said from your elected position in Washington, D.C. And then if there's an ethical violation, which there obviously is, then you can embarrass them to the extent that if they continue to do it, you can expel. So, again, I'm, I'm, I want to win this, Sid. I'm, I'm, my whole life, I've, I've been up against the forces of evil, and literally. And I beat them most of the time, but I found that in the early part of my career, I got emotional like you. And every time I got emotional, I lost. But you made more money. Well, I was out of that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I make money because I'm brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> no, I, that's a joke. No, it's true, though. That, you do. No, it's not just... a joke. It is true. You do. And, and, and um, I make money because I'm entertaining, not nearly as smart as no, you. No, you make money because you're number one. And, and that's what's called a meritocracy. And, and by the way, I want to point out that a lot of this uh, that we're talking about now, we're going to discuss at the Huntington Theater on Friday the 27th. Um, our backgrounds, O'Reilly's background in Levittown and, and Sid's background in Brooklyn, and what our family life was like, and that how that directed us to where we are today. And then we're going to talk about a bigger picture of what the deuce happened to New York. How did we go from a traditional city of working-class people to these nuts in Times Square who want Jews dead? How did that happen? Now, we're going to do it in a funny way, I hope, um, uh, but that's the theme of a New York state of mind, that, you know, we're all in this together, but we're really not all in this together. What happened? So I think it'll be an interesting exercise. It'll be a lot of fun, so people should, uh, you know, if they want to join us, uh, go right in now and go to Ticketmaster or the hunting the Paramount Theater in Huntington. But on the, on the bigger picture, I mean, I understand if 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 – Human beings cannot understand this, see this for what it is. It's just like 9-11. What's the difference? There is no difference, right? And in 9-11, we didn't have a lot of dissent there. It was, it was muted. There were some nuts, but not many. But now because this is Israel, not the United States, they feel like they can go out. But what's the difference? You got terrorists going in, killing women and children. And you want a ceasefire? That's that's the word that gets me. Wait a minute. If you have a ceasefire, that means Hamas still exists. Correct. And Correct. they can do it again. Right. Which they may so do you're anyway. Basically saying yeah. if if you hear the word ceasefire come out of anybody's mouth, yep. all right, they're basically saying I don't have any problem with Hamas. They can stay where they are, and then maybe next month they'll do it again. I don't have any problem. So we don't want Israel to go in and and defeat them, dismantle them. No, no, we want a ceasefire. That's like the we want a two-state solution that Biden keeps saying. And I was on News Nation last night. I, I said to Cuomo, I said, do you think he's stupid, Biden? There's not two-state solution. is not possible because there's not two states. There's one state, Israel, and then there's terrorists. Palestinians, they don't have a state. Hamas runs it. Hezbollah runs it. 
Correct. And for once, Chris didn't disagree with me. No, I'm sure he didn't. And, uh, you know, Chris also knows there's no such place called Palestine. And up with that, from the river to the sea, there is no place called Palestine. You live in a place that Israelis are kind enough to let you live in and give you water and electricity and job opportunities. And a lot of you, not all of you, but a lot of you are just animals. I do want one yeah. more thing, and I know you got to run because... No, the, no, I got it. No, I'm not running. I'm keeping you right, late. you got to sell some haunted house or something. Um, Israel offers every single person in so-called Palestine, the Holy Land, citizenship. Did you know that? I did. And they give them work opportunity, too. Right. So everybody there, when they say, oh, the Palestinians, they don't have anything, they're destitute, they're um, Israel, if they become an Israeli citizen... They get all the rights that the Jews have, all right? And, and and that includes employment opportunities. That includes the social system. And the Arabs go, no. And I understand why. Because if you become an Israeli citizen, then you're an outcast uh, among your peers in Hamas and the West Bank. I got it. But what else can Israel do? I mean, that's what the question is. What else can you do? You're willing to accept everybody in the area as a citizen with the same rights that everybody has. What else? <laughs> and, you know, when you pose those questions, they can't answer them. The haters can't answer any of that. So let me ask you about New York, because uh, we're doing this New York State of Mind next Friday. And unlike me, because I do tend to get emotional, which is very unrepublican, that's more like Democrats. But in this case, Israel, Jews, I get very emotional. Um, I believe that Hamas is here, as well as other hate groups. I think ISIS is probably here, Al-Qaeda, who knows? I don't even know anymore. It's like 100 groups. And um, I don't believe it's a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I think it's probably imminent there'll be some type of attack here in New York City. You're a lot more level-headed than I am. Do you agree with that? The problem with the uh, terror attacks is that our uh, defense system now, and I chronicle this in my book, Killing the Killers, is very good. How they missed the Hamas thing, that, that is a, a huge story. And because U.S. intel missed it as well as Israeli intel. But here, it's very, very difficult for these terrorists to organize a major attack. Lone, what, what they call lone wolf, yeah, you might see that. But you're right, the dereliction of duty by Biden by allowing millions of people to come here unattended, is shocking. And when I hear somebody say, and I don't hear it often anymore, oh, I'm going to vote for Biden again in 24, I look at that person, I go, are you blanking kidding me? This man, all the damage that he's done, you know how long it's going to take to unravel the damage oh, Biden has done? Oh, forget it. Forget at it. least four years, and that's if the Republicans carry everything. Well, that's, uh, well Donald Trump says one day. No, look, Biden is the second worst president in history. All right. James Buchanan, who wouldn't do anything to stop the secession, is the first worst. He's not going to top Buchanan. But Biden is so bad. But the media will not report it, just as the media yesterday completely botched the hospital attack. And that's my message of the day on BillOReilly.com. You can no longer rely on any of the corporate media to tell you the truth. It will not. And that is a huge, huge deficit for all Americans. 
You know, it's just really uh, staggering. It really is. And terrifying. Bill O'Reilly, as always, uh, there's a reason why this segment gets bigger ratings than any other all week long, because it's the best, and you're the best. Thank you again for another great appearance. Great seeing you this week, and I'm really excited about next Friday night. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, and I just want to tell everybody, I picked up the check for Sid. <laughs> yeah, okay? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, and, and, and he bought a couple <laughs> of copies of Killing the Witches, so we're even. Which is number two on the New York Times list. You know how happy that makes the New York Times that my book's number two? They want to kill themselves. They're just <laughs> ecstatic over there. They're all dressed up like witches. And they're going around, I love killing the witches. the greatest book oh of all God. time. Good for you. Good for you, Bill. You keep doing that type of stuff. You're the best. Thank you so much. Thank That's you. it. See you soon. See you Bye. soon. Killing the witches, everybody. Go out and buy it. It's an, it's an amazing book. All of Bill O'Reilly's books are amazing. That wraps up our number three. Still a lot more to do. We'll go live to Jerusalem. This is always a great segment. A Thomas Sullivan favorite, Alex Trayman, JNS.org, live from Jerusalem and more. Hour number four coming up. Is sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. News has three drones attacking a U.S. military base in Iraq. Three drones. World's on fire, folks. World's on fire. I'm just an angry Brooklyn Jew with a really, really big megaphone. And I'm pissed. I went from despondent, despair, sad, which I still am. I mean, don't show me a picture of me as Shem. It's going to ruin my whole day. It really is. To being really pissed. I, you know, just, um, just like the Jews are surrounded by Palestinians, of which I think more are bad than people talk about in the United States because they're so quick to say, oh, they're mostly good people. I don't know that. I have no idea. I'm surrounded by pro-Palestinian folks here in New York. I know Bill said that's not true, that 80% are pro-Israel. Well, I don't see them. I want to see them. If they are, I want to see them. What good are they staying inside their own homes? Come on out. They outnumber us four to one, these pro-Palestinian rallies. And I don't know. I find it really depressing and nauseating, just me. Although if Alex Trayman was in Brooklyn or Queens or the Bronx and not in Jerusalem, I think he'd feel the same way. So let's go live to Jerusalem for the ninth consecutive day and talk to my friend Alex. Alex, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. How are you? Pissed. You know, we've got these uh, these rallies almost every day in major cities in the United States. There are more pro-Palestinian rallies and pro-Israel rallies. 
There are tons more people, almost four to one, at these pro-Palestinian rallies. And I'm supposed to take solace in knowing that the Jews are there. They're just staying inside. How would you feel? Well, we've seen over the past 20, 25 years how the uh, jihadis have actually planted seeds in the United States and, and tried to organize most for most uh, mostly in the universities, but but also beyond the universities, and, and they have been uh, recruiting and radicalizing individuals in the United States for a long time. And at the same time, the Jewish community that I think was was so very strong uh, several decades ago really has waned a bit in the last uh, in the last period in its support of Israel, becoming more hypercritical of the Jewish state. And uh, I think that's why you're seeing the shifting momentum. Uh, while people still do support Israel, more, more and more supporting the Palestinian cause. Yeah, disheartening. And I hate to complain here. I mean, you're in Jerusalem. You guys are going through hell. I had a good buddy of mine, Yehuda Hanikman, call in yesterday. He lives in a town about uh, 30 minutes outside of Jerusalem. And uh, Dove Hyken has now called in twice over the last week, a very famous politician. Oh, you know who he is from here in New York. And he's, he's uh, just outside Jerusalem this morning as well. And, uh, you know, they say the same thing, that they're still hearing rocket fire. And even though they feel relatively safe in that area, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, those cities, you just never know. And they seem, everybody seems to know somebody who has been either killed or maimed or certainly uh, altered by these attacks. And that remains the same for you even today, yes? Just a few minutes before we started, I saw that uh, rocket uh, attacks were being launched in Israeli cities, Ashkelon, Ashdod. Uh, there's been rockets fired at Tel Aviv area. And at the same time, there's rockets being fired in the northern communities just south of the Lebanon border. And this hospital still remains a uh, talking point here. I don't know why. I mean, I, I think at this point the proof is 100 percent. 100% down to the videos that the IDF has provided us with here that Hamas, these knuckleheads, did it to themselves. More than just uh, that it was their rocket, the rocket didn't even hit the hospital. That hospital is still standing. It, that, that, that rocket, that explosion took place in the parking lot outside of the hospital at 1 in the morning. So I think it's a little bit difficult uh, to to believe that that was a mass casualty event with 500 deaths. And surprisingly, while I have seen a lot of people uh, on Twitter uh, coming and correcting the narrative about it being an Israeli strike and, and correctly noting that it was a Hamas rocket that misfired, I don't see yet correcting the 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 fraudulent elements of the narrative that the hospital was hit at all or that it was a mass casualty event. People are still now saying that Hamas is responsible for all the deaths that they hit at the hospital. There wasn't even a hit on the hospital. It was just a hit on the parking lot outside. But there seem to be body bags, and uh, I, I don't know where that's coming from, but there were reports that people died. I mean, not nearly 500, but there were people that died, or is that not true? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a war zone right now. There, like, we, we, we've seen not only is the, is the Israeli Air Force pounding Gaza uh, relentlessly over the past week, but there's been over 450 rockets, according to the IDF. You know, they track every rocket. They have to with their Iron Dome system in order to, to shoot down these rockets. They have to track them, and, they, and they've reported that over 450 rockets have misfired and landed in the Gaza Strip. So there's no doubt 
that uh, that many people inside Gaza are dead. But the the idea that the Israeli Air Force struck the hospital, I mean, every single part of that narrative was a was a fraud. All right. And yesterday, because of that uh, lie, I know that uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon called for a day of unprecedented rage. This is just a couple of days after the global jihad day last Friday. Nothing happened here in the United States outside of angry rallies. Anything else happened in Israel due to these big days for the enemy? I mean, the northern border continues to simmer. It's, it's heating up gradually. I, I think that the IDF is prepared that this could uh, blow up into an all-out war together with, with Hezbollah at the same time as Hamas. But, no, we didn't see uh, the massive uh, type of uh, Jihad Day or Day of Rage that's been threatened a few times already in this conflict uh, for whatever reasons uh, in Judea and Samaria, where where the Palestinian Authority controls much of the territory. It, it's remained relatively calm in the mixed cities in Jerusalem and Lod and Akko and Ramla and others. It's remained relatively calm. There is tension. There are some skirmishes with police, but we haven't seen this all-out uh, intifada, which I think a lot of people here are afraid uh, could happen. Alex Trayman, live from Jerusalem, has been, as he's been now nine consecutive days. So, listen, we can't uh, destroy Hamas and get some of these hostages out, assuming a lot of them are still alive, and do all the things we want to do without attacking from air, sea, and land. And we've got three to 400,000 brave Israelis ready to go. They've been practicing, but every day they don't go in, at least here in the United States, there's a narrative that they may never go in, that all these other countries, including Biden, are trying to talk Israel out of it. Now, again, you and I talked about this yesterday. This may be as simple as, look, it's dangerous. Israel's going to suffer massive casualties. You've got booby traps. You've got tunnels. And they want to make sure their intelligence is ready to go before they do this. And I'm okay with that. But please tell me that Israel and Netanyahu are not having any second thoughts about going in because while I regret we may lose some lives, you can't win this war and get one hostage without going in on the ground. I think that Netanyahu and his team recognize that the the tide of support uh, will turn against Israel the second it puts uh, troops on the ground. And I think that they, they felt it was very important for uh, Biden to come, for Olaf Scholz, of Ger- the Chancellor of Germany to come, for Rishi Sunak, the, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, to come uh, these last few days. Uh, and to lay out what their battle plans are, they, they obviously have very clear battle plans that are already being communicated to the, the lowest ranks of the military. Uh, they've, they've demonstrated what they want to do. They've also demonstrated their willingness to allow some degree of humanitarian aid in. And they communicated that they are going to adhere to all of the, the norms of international law when it comes to war. Uh, and and they wanted those countries to the leaders of those countries to come here and and basically to sign off and say that they will support Israel because when once the IDF goes in it's not going to be a quick fix uh, they're going to have to go building to building inside Gaza and the uh, the the rumors here you know what what 
the soldiers that are on the front lines are telling their their families and and their friends is that they're prepared to go in for not just days and not just weeks, but but possibly for months. And so I, I, I do think that the the Israeli establishment here is trying to lay the groundwork with the leaders of the free world to, to make them aware and to get them to buy in on the Israeli battle initiative. So Dove was on like an hour ago, Alex, and he said to me, he goes, you know, Sid, that music festival where they grabbed me a shem from and others, uh, I believe uh, Hirsch too, Hirsch Goldberg, and they killed almost 300 people. He said, do you know, Sid, that those were Israelis and Palestinians? that were dancing together, singing together, all over Israel. Palestinians and Israelis live together. And for the most part, this is what he's saying. I've never been there. For the most part, Israelis don't have a big issue with Palestinians. Obviously, Hamas is another story. He said, but now it's over. Now it's over. Now Israelis, they don't trust them. They don't care. They don't want to hear it, that they've basically written off the Palestinian people. Was Dove Hyken really speaking on behalf of the majority of Israeli citizens, or is he just really angry? I, I think that, that he's right. I, I do think that the Israelis have had their paradigms shifted completely here. You know, there, there was always a feeling that uh, Israelis could live side by side with the Palestinians. By the way, the ones that uh, really carried that, uh, in, in actuality, the most are the, the so-called settlers, the, the Jews that live in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank. They, they live and interact with Palestinians on the day-to-day, and they've always said and, and proven that they can live together and work together, and Palestinians are, are doing work inside of Jewish communities, and our, our Palestinians are working at the, in the industrial zones uh, together with the Jewish workers. You know, so they they believe that coexistence was possible. But we're seeing now uh, re- reports, you know, features on, on television of, of people that lived in these kibbutzim in the south saying that they saw in their house on Saturday morning last week, the very person that had the permit to come in from Gaza was working, was working in their house. They were feeding him food. They were talking. They thought that they were they were friends. Oh, my God. And as it turned out, that was the person that was providing all the intelligence to, to Hamas uh, about about uh, who, you know, how big was the community? Where's all the infrastructure? Who has the guns? Who's on security patrol? And not only were they feeding that information, but they participated in the attack. So, yes, I, I do think that the uh, Israelis uh, ha- have woken up from their slumber and are starting to see uh, the Palestinians in, in a new light. You know what it comes down to, Alex, with people? And this annoys me. They're always really idealistic and beautiful until it happens to them. I've had so many guests on this show the last couple of days that have been like, Sid, you're a good person. You're a good heart. Calm down. We know you're angry. We get it. But good people shouldn't die. And I go, well, I don't know if they're good people, you know. But, you know, of course, if God forbid one of their kids were being held hostage, or if one of their kids was slaughtered that morning, they would feel differently. See, me, I'm different. I put myself in the shoes of those people, and I get more angry and less supportive because there's a lot of folks here that keep telling me the Palestinians are good people. And I go, well, how do you know that? You just gave me a story of Palestinian people that worked in the community and turned out to be killers. And I know for a fact they were handing out candy and dancing in the streets. 
And I also know for a fact that these little Palestinian kids, God bless them, not their fault, are taught to hate and kill Jews in third grade. What do you mean most Palestinians are good people? What's the proof of that, Alex Trayman? Said you're exactly right. If you want to understand uh, the nature of a people, just look at the education system. Okay, I was just this morning watching a video of undercover footage that was taken inside a Jerusalem school. Now, a lot of these schools are run by UNRWA, which is the UN a- agency specifically to deal with the Palestinian refugee issue. And and by the way, there's only one a- agency. Uh, you know, there's one agency to deal with refugee issues in the rest of the world, and there's this specific agency, a different one, that deals only with the Palestinian issue. But this, this UNRWA provides funds and runs the schools and, and provides the, the textbooks, and, and we've seen what's in the textbooks. And they just did this undercover report, uh, or maybe it was from a year or two ago, we just saw where they're interviewing these kids, and, and these kids are taught uh to to want to kill jews they're taught that jews are evil people and, and that the jihad is is uh correct that it's it it has merits and and that the jews need to die so you know they, they you you could say that they're civilians that they're not not all of them are active terrorists but they've been taught to be this and uh it's it's very very different than the education system uh, in, in Israel where where Jews are taught that even though we live around people that they really hate us that we we should try and strive as much as we can to make peace with them and to coexist I'm going to play the part where you just said before that brilliant uh piece you just did where you said Sid you're right 100 times tomorrow, Alex. <laughs> because, you know, again, so many people are basically telling me to cool down. And those people live in New Jersey. Those people live on Staten Island. They live in Brooklyn. You know, you're uh, a couple of miles away from rockets every day. And you're saying, Sid, you're 100% right. My own daughter, I yelled out last night. We had a disagreement. Yeah. Because she wants me to, she wants, yeah, she wants me to be more, more, more uh, understanding of the Palestinians. I go, what? You know? Yeah, I mean, we obviously know people here. Everybody does. Everybody knows Palestinians that are are good-hearted people. And and the thing is, for them to to reach the conclusions that their leadership is wrong, that their education was wrong, you know, many of many of them have done that. Okay, we can't we can't discount that there are people that that do realize that. But that said, you can't not you cannot necessarily know which ones have come to those conclusions, which ones haven't, because they they have been inundated with hatred in their education systems and in their media for for decades. I mean, these were kids. These are people now that grew up on a Mickey Mouse that was a Hamas suicide bomber. Okay, and and so yeah, true. So what, what what did we expect when you allow the Palestinian Authority, when you allow UNRWA, when you allow Hamas to educate these kids? You know, there's going to be a certain percentage of them that are going to grow up to want the desire to be terrorists, to think that being a martyr is the is the penultimate, the 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 highest level. Uh, and, and the problem for Israelis is that today when you see people in civilian clothes, you cannot know the difference. You can't know which one is which. Sometimes it's just a look in the eye, and sometimes it's not even a look in the eye. You can't know. Wow. Well, listen, you're uh, you're an amazing guy. Your reporting has been just unbelievable between Noam Layden and my show. This is now nine consecutive days, and they keep getting better. So uh, please continue to stay safe, Alex. You're a very important voice here in New York and the United States 
for Jewish people like me. I need you. I really do. So thank you for coming on again today. Great work. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid. You got it, pal. Alex Trayman, JNS. Uh, this guy, Gnome found this guy. Gnome's like Simon Cowell. You know, they've got um, American Idol or who the dupus is, uh, the new one now. You get uh, oh, Katy yeah. Perry and Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan. I think. I don't know. And my man, uh, Big Blake Shelton, oh, you know that big dupus left the voice. You know who they have now? Paula no. Abdul. Oh, she's back? Yeah. Well, what do you mean now? She, she was is. there 100 years oh, ago. Oh, not Paula Abdul. The uh, Who's the country star? Oh, yeah. Reba McIntyre. That, that's yeah. who they do. Yeah, she's awful. I've seen her. No, she's on The Voice, though. Oh, that, okay. That's like, not See, that. I have no idea. Either way, uh, you've got a, uh, a nose for talent, uh, Noam. That I do. Yeah, I agree. He's just a great, great guy, this guy. Did you know him at all before this? Are you talking this? about me or Alex? Well, you're both pretty good. Okay. Did you know him before this? Or? I knew of him. I did never. I had never spoken with him, no. Well, that's a great job, man. Thank you very much. He's uh, really added some tremendous insight, and he agrees with me, and that's all I care about. <laughs> You're going to hear it a lot. That's it. That's, that's all I care about. I don't, I don't care whether a judge in New Jersey or a wannabe mobster on Staten Island agrees with me. I want the guy whose uh, house is two miles away from Rocket Fire. That's it. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, you know, he was telling me this the other day that he heard gunfire outside of his house. I mean, that's how crazy Yeah, he heard that, too. I know. He yeah, told me that, so too. Intense. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah. All right. We'll take a, a short break. Lots more to do. We'll get to Joe Nolan. And then uh, we got a few more stories to cover before we call it a day. Thursday, what's it? If I yell out night, there's a reply of blue silence. The screen is no comfort. I can't speak my sentence. They blew the lights of heaven's gate. And I don't know why. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Everybody knows, of course, I'm in Gravesend. Season 2, Willem DeMeo, Peter Gordio, Chris Bomando, all my friends, you know. Well, still doing very well on Amazon Prime. In fact, Willie was on with Jim Kerr just a couple of days ago. 
rock and roll legendary DJ, who's a friend of mine. And Inside Man 2 of the, the great, great movie that Danny A made about the Gemini Lounge. But a while back, I shot this other short film, Experts in a Dying Field, written by Mitch Camarda. And I saw the footage for the first time yesterday. It's not a finished product yet. It's a great cast, by the way. you got Armand DeSante. You've got Dante Palminteri, Chaz's son. You've got Peter Gordio. i tell you, there's a guy named Craig DeFrancia. And he was in uh, Gravesend Season 1. He is a tremendous actor. Not good, great. He blew me away during those uh, two days of taping. Craig DeFrancia. And um, anyway, it's uh, it's a great movie. It's a short film. And like I said, I saw the raw footage for the first time yesterday, and I'm looking forward to that movie coming out. But not a lot of new stuff going on because this strike is still going on. We talked about that with Bill O'Reilly, the artificial intelligence, the AI. He's kind of choked around and said, that wasn't me at dinner, that was AI. But it's become a uh, serious issue for a lot of folks, not just acting, but a lot of different uh, areas. AI is becoming dangerous. Bill seems to think we'll get in front of that and fix it, but at any rate, when I get more information on experts in a dying field, I'll let you know. You'll like it, though. It's good. It's the card scenes where it's me, Craig DeFrancher, Peter Gordio. Oh, I forgot to mention Jake Cannavale. He was, that's Bobby Cannavale's kid. He was in uh, Inside Man with me. He played Chris Rosenberg. He's a tremendous actor. He's not good. He's great. In fact, I think uh, him and Craig really, really did an amazing job. He's in that, too. So we're all sitting around playing cards, and Peter Gordio has a great scene. Great scene, but that is uh, his dead girlfriend, Donna. And um, the love story is good, but Jazz's son and um, the girl, I think her name is Lauren Harris. I forgot, but remember I shot that uh, a while back, and it's always fun to watch it, but new opportunities tough to come by these days because, again, you got the strike going on, but right now it doesn't really seem to matter because I'm just Israel all day, all night. Really am. I just can't get away from it. You know, the Speaker House, uh, the House Speaker stuff doesn't interest me even a little. I had Anthony D'Esposito on. I had Nancy Mace on a bunch. I just don't care anymore. I think they're all idiots, all of them. I know Peter King agrees with those guys. So what? Please. I love Peter. I love Peter like a family member. But, of course, he agrees with them. That's a Long Island Mafia. They're all in bed together, all of them. Joe Cairo, Peter King. And I was saying it's bad. I love all of them. I love them. But, God, please, I agree with them. Of course you do. But truth be told, Peter, if they weren't on Long Island and you removed yourself from the situation, 9-11 or not, they're doing the same exact thing Nancy, Matt, and the rest of those idiots did. And now you've got even more that voted against Jordan. So I'm sick of it. Colleen Smith checks in, talking about Nashville County. Seriously, great music again. As always, Lewin said, great show, prayers to Israel. Well, thank you, Colleen. So we um, we have one more segment to go. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the phones because I have not done that since this Israeli conflict. Now war started. And there are tons of Jewish people here. And I think some of them would like to have their voices heard. So 1-800-848-WABC is a number. I very rarely do this. Very rarely. Special day. 
This is well, you, you, you know, listen, I, I, that's all I did at the fan was a couple of <laughs> right. interviews and 90 million calls a day. Jimmy from Brooklyn, Todd from Jersey, and, you know, but the dumbest calls you could ever imagine. And, and let me tell you, I, I've actually tuned into Evan and Tiki once or twice on TV. It hasn't changed even a little. No. Same stupid calls, nope. ridiculous conversation. And I love all those guys. And a lot of times it's the same thing here. I, I don't want to deal with that. You don't listen to this radio show to listen to, you know, Barbara in Queens. You listen to listen to me and the guests I've got on. But, but. You are a very, very loyal audience. I've been number one for a while now, and um, you've been great to me. Let me be great to you. 1-800-848-WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I need your arms around me. I need to feel your touch. All right, this uh, caller segment brought to you by Pete Morgan (laughs) (laughs) and Peerless Boilers. Peerless does build the world's best boilers. Check Peter and Peerless Boilers out at peerlessboilers.com. PavilionTechnics.com. Why you? (laughs) He just texted me, too. Now, he hates these caller segments like the Israelis hate Hamas. So I figured, what better way to warm him up to it than to have him sponsor it? So congratulations, Pete. <laughs> I miss Pete. Where's Pete? This guy works and travels more than anybody. Oh, he's, forget it. He should be a, a, a diplomat. Seriously. He should be, he's all over the place. He's everywhere. Chicago, Japan. I'm texting you from a Greek airport right yeah, now. No, seriously. Well, that was, that was a whole disaster, yeah, too. But, but he really does work very, very hard. He travels often. We love him. A lot. No, he's the greatest. i got to get some Ranger tickets from uh, Pete. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's that time know. again, Pete. <laughs> you know, Seagulls now is offering me those Nick tickets for free. So. <laughs> no kidding. First he was going to sell them to me, then he stopped talking to him, and now now he wants to be my friend, so he said he'd be free. Well, I'm not going to do that. That's a no, you call know, that a hot No way, yeah. Is that what they call it? I'll take two or three games for free. <laughs> my son really wants to see Webb and Yama in San Antonio, so that'll be free. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm not going to be. Well, maybe to it. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I am a big star, so. But I'll take all the free Ranger tickets Pete wants to give me, and he Oops. gave me a giant game. That was the worst night of my life. Literally the worst. And I and I spent time in jail. This was worse. Right, because you, you had a bed in jail, probably. Yeah, and it wasn't to... raining inside the jail. Right. And I knew where I was going to sleep that night. <laughs> right. I had to find some Uber at, like, the, in the middle of the, the morning, like two hours before my show started. And the guy charged me like a thousand dollars. Refinance. Oh my god! What a night! And, they, and and on top of it, the Giants were down thirty-three nothing in the second quarter. So. Oi! Which has basically been the whole season. That's... All right. Uh, uh, what's your name, uh, Justin? Yeah. <laughs> He's in a bad mood because we went to the phones, and he also hates it just like Pete. And and he spoke to some of you people. And he's hitting it even more. What, what is the problem? What, what, what's wrong with these people? I know they're great. They're great people. I'm not going to disparage but, but, the listeners but, here. But 
I just I, I they they go on and on. I just say you got to. Right. Oh, well, that's why I can't put them on the air. Wait for the air. Hold it for the air. But but know? they can't go on and on because I, I want to get in five calls. They only have thirty seconds each. Well, the best is when I go, "What's your they name run. and where are you calling from?" and they just start spewing out their what they're going to say, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "Give me your damn name and tell me where you're calling." They're still aware that Hamas has given so much. The uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I just do it like this, JD. Female, she's a female in Westchester. That's uh, Joe. No, it's don't a, bring her up. Don't a, bring her up. That's an O. That's an O. No? Oh, Joe. Yeah. Uh, she says the way the Western world is crumbling is frightening. Well, thank you, Joe. And then uh, Ted, <laughs> Ted in New Jersey, no. No. he says, don't forget about those Jews killed in Munich in 72. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> Arlene in Nassau County, she says... Friend is in the IDF right now in Gaza. Well, we pray for him. Thank you very much, Arlene. Good call. And uh, Steve. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> Fourth time, long time. Yeah. Steve in his ice lip says, I truly believe the only solution is to clean out the entire Gaza Strip. That call segment brought to you by Pete Morgan. <laughs> they were all good. Good calls. Yeah. Well, I can't do it either. I don't know. I, just, I, I love the listeners. They may be number one. But of course. <laughs> I have no patience for this. And they go on for like three minutes, and they, they don't listen to them. Well, it's really because we're running out of time, and we should say that. No, no. it wouldn't matter at all. Oh, okay, gotcha. Nope. Gotcha, gotcha. It wouldn't gotcha. matter if it's 607. They just go on and on. There was this one lady I actually miss. She's a sweetheart. She would bring in birthday cakes for me every year, and she was uh, tight with us in the old days, you know, when it was me, Bernie, and Jill. And Her name is uh, Judy in Brooklyn. She would send me letters, too, and she's a sweet, sweet lady. But, you know, she would uh, be on for like nine minutes. Yeah. And then uh, she was like a guest. It was like I got to cut her Wiley's time for Judy and Brooklyn. <laughs> Sid, I like Judy. <laughs> a lot of good points. Uh-huh. Remember uh-huh. killing the witches? <laughs> we'll be talking about <laughs> this about next Friday right at the now. Paramount Theater. Judy, I'll yeah. sign it for you. She'd be good to talk to now because she happens to be an observant uh, Jewish lady. God bless her. So. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I wish I didn't block the line. Well, uh, how many calls were there all together anyway? Well, every line was ringing. No, that's because you were giving away something five minutes ago. No, 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 you know, no, it doesn't no. matter what we give away at this station. It's incredible. It could be, you know, <laughs> whether it's an Andre Bocelli ticket or a Dominic Carter, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> ticket to Dominic Carter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to watch Dominic get a haircut. Right. <laughs> I'd like more off the sides, please. <laughs> when you're in New York, a haircut <laughs> is an experience... You'll never forget. It's not like a haircut in Idaho. <laughs> Worth noting, Dominic is bald as well. Oh, so. That's fine. Yeah. So oh, Richard Salgado. <laughs> it's a fast haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Big Daddy Salgado contacted me yesterday. And he's the guy that uh, held that golf tournament at that big, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the castle. Oh, yeah. Ohika. Oh, he could castle, yeah. That was yeah. a total rousing success. It was a disaster. So, um... <laughs> So there's a dinner, like, next Monday night. I think John Margo are, uh, are, are a part of this. I think it's like the turkey drive or a, a uh, the church is involved. I don't know. So he says to me, he says, um, and there's a bunch of uh, people that are coming. That Some of them are famous, you know. And he says, you know, we, um, we want to auction off a table. We want people to bid to eat dinner with you, which I find to be incredibly humbling. I mean, that's, come on. Me, he did it with me. Someone's going to pay for that? And he said, yeah, they'll pay big money. 
So anyway, I have, to, I have to consider doing that, I guess. It's like the guy who won a competition to watch Curtis Sliwa eat a bagel with nothing on it. Somebody won a competition for that? Like somebody like won lunch with Curtis one day. No, yeah, this is not the same. People are actually going to pay big money to sit and eat with me. I understand. But then, you know what the issue becomes? If they pay big money to sit and eat with me, then I'm obligated to talk to them. Right, and that's the part you don't want to. Don't want to? Yeah. I'd rather be a hostage. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I they're going to like yeah. what you're standing I have a, I have a, lot, a lot of issues. I, I just I just, I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Well. And you guys are no help. And I'm watching the newsroom, and all I see are Norm and Jimmy flipping, shaking their heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm supposed to get back to them today. So what should I tell them? Uh, you tell them you went on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You gotta, this, was, this was John who's saying this? This is um, Big Daddy Rick oh, big Salgado, guy. my oh, boy Rich. Oh, yeah. The guy who showed up. No, if John, if, if John asked me to do something, John right, Margo, then you gotta say yes. Nine times out of ten, I right, say yes. Right. He's not a jerk like that, John. No, like no, no. he's actually cool. He's like, now that I moved out of the city, he completely gets it, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even ask me to do a whole bunch of stuff because he's just he's nice. You know, him and Margo, they know he need my sleep and all that. So it's not him, somebody else. But he's gonna be there that night, John. Well, he's everywhere every night. There's not one event that goes down in New York City that John and Margo are not at. It's unbelievable. I get invitations all the time, and their name is always at the top of the invitation. Always. I love them. But I can't go to these things. I'm just... Plus, the Knicks are playing the um, Memphis Grizzlies in preseason basketball. Right, I have right, to watch right. it. Hey, you know. can't miss that. <laughs> yeah, I can't miss that. And if, Bert, and if Bert Young was alive, he'd be hanging out with him. Like, uh, <laughs> At the New York Liberty are in action. Yeah. <laughs> now, listen, great show, everybody. Yeah. Oh, they are. No, Taking no. on the uh, the aces in I, the I, WNBA finals. I actually think that ended. Oh, it ended. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm all over it. Uh, Lou, nice job. <laughs> I didn't even report on that one today. <laughs> Justin, great job. <laughs> Noam and Jimmy flipping. We got the best news department in radio. 10-10 wins. Suck it. Ben Meverack, I love you, but we got your ass beat. We'll be back tomorrow, as Gene would say, God willing, at 6 a.m. on a Friday. Until then, from all of us to all of you, pray for Israel. See you.